When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is so number 81, the Chris Sanders of so. Oh, Chris Sanders. Uh, I was wondering where you'd go with this today. Jack was like, uh, was this the John U. Smith of Sodes today? And I'm like, Jack, you're so young and naive. Uh, you, you don't remember some of the greats, the men who paved the way, the guys who paved the way that Julio Jones is now driving his Ferrari down. He played his entire seven-year NFL career for the Titans from 95 to 2001 and appeared in the Titans' only trip to the Super Bowl, naturally. And if this was Wikipedia, somewhere there'd be a sentence insert, inserted there where, where they were beat by the St. Louis Rams and Kurt Warner, uh, as we know. that <laughs> Some turd loves to go on Wikipedia and just add that sentence to every Titans Wikipedia page ever. Uh, and then uh, he tallied 177 catches for over 3,200 yards and 17 touchdowns in his career. Chris Sanders, fun fact about him, when I was young, I went to a, it's actually not a fun fact about him. It's a, it's really just a fun fact about me. It's uh, selfishly. Uh, I went to a Chris Sanders football camp when I was young and I learned at that camp and I was like obsessed with football. I wanted to play football uh, in college and, you know, and, and I, I wanted to play in the NFL. Uh, little did I realize I was a white guy. Uh, but uh, the, I go to this camp and I learned that Chris Sanders walks everywhere on his toes to build up his calf muscles. And so from that day at that camp, I started walking around on my toes. And honestly, some of my friends pointed out to me, they're like, do you know you walk on your toes when you walk? And I'm like, yeah, it's like, now it's just habit. Like, but like I did start it at a young age because Chris Sanders uh, uh, did it. And I wanted to have really strong calf muscles like him. I also could have gone with the Brandon Jones of Sodes, but Brandon Jones. Yeah. That was during those Kerry Collins days. Right. Back in the late 2000s, early 2010s. Right. This Don't might be the, the this might be the longest that we've ever talked about the uh what number sode it is. Maybe we should just get into Let's, uh, we got a lot to talk soda. about already. We've Let's got so much to talk about. Uh first of all, Uncle Joe Rexroad of the Athletic. He's been on the podcast before. Uh kind of had like a little bit of a spotty connection last time, but this time connection's great. He's awesome. So much fun. I love me some Joe Rexroad. We have a lot of fun with him talking about the Seahawks game and then peeking ahead, you know, a little bit to uh, Colts week. Uh, what can we expect from Carson Wentz? A lot of stuff there. And then Jack and I, uh, uh, as we do, we're, we're just going to get into every aspect of this game on Sunday because, guys, this game on Sunday was exactly what we all wanted. It was exactly what we wanted from this team. It wasn't pretty. But my gosh, did they show that like 
that Tennessee toughness that oh it just gets me so excited to the Titans are back Austin I'm telling you right here I've declared it on the Titan Up podcast the Tennessee Titans are back you heard it here first folks uh look people are saying I mean people are asking people are asking are the Titans back the Titans are officially back and uh we're going to get into that in the whole episode I don't want to I don't want to waste all my juices here in this cold open uh so uh wait Jack do we have a live read here Yes, uh, we do. We're going to talk about the Ridge, actually. Again. Okay, I want you to talk about the Ridge in the most hype way you've ever talked about the Ridge ever because this is a Tennessee Titans victory week. Titans are back. Let's talk about the Ridge. The Titans are back, and so is the Ridge. Let me say a quick word about them. They're located right off Charlotte Avenue and 54th Avenue in Sylvan Park, and they do barbecue right. They the Ridge do is, it! The Ridge is known for its originals on the menu. I talked about the award-winning... Chicano sandwich, brisket, chorizo, pickled jalapenos with a chipotle aioli and queso to finish it off. Mm, it's that sounds good. Winning. Served on a French roll and pressed like a Cuban. With sandwiches like these, it's no surprise that the Ridge lays claim to one of the u- most unique menus in Nashville. Not a surprise. It's a great place to watch a game, too. Nothing goes with football like the Ridge's game day wings. You can even wash them down at their upstairs bar with a couple of cold ones. The best, part, <laughs> the best part is if you tell them A to Z Sports sent you, you'll receive a 10% discount on your order. Yes, you heard that right. 10% off your order by mentioning A to Z. You can also download their app. We highly recommend you download the Ridge app to access their curbside contactless delivery to safely enjoy Nashville's best barbecue. A to Z stands for Austin and Zach. Head to the Ridge this weekend if you want to get out of the house to watch some football with some great food and an adult beverage or two, maybe upstairs at their bar with some games on. Just make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. A to Z. Hey, with that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train coming. It's rolling around the bend. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Titan Up Podcast. Today is September 22nd, 2021. The first day of fall, but the third day of the Titans rise. Jack, the Tennessee Titans are back. Man, they had to be back, too. After such a terrible loss to the Cardinals to respond with a performance like that, and what's going to get lost is the performance in the first half, right? Titans went into halftime down 23-9 to with some adversity that they had to deal with in the pregame. We'll get to that shortly. Yeah. Losing a left tackle an hour before the game starts. Yep. The the Titans moved the ball in the first half. That's something that looked clunky last week against Arizona. Tannehill didn't seem to have that rapport with Julio Jones yet. That changed in a matter of seven days. Uh, Derrick Henry got going again. Yep. Todd Downing mixed it up a little bit on offense. Ran, you know, he called ran more play, play more he, more play action three times yeah, ran, as much. Ran, yeah, he ran a play action more than five times in a game. That seemed to work. Fifteen times he ran play action, and it opened things up. I mean, Derrick Henry had a sixty-yard touchdown run. Just the offense looked right and looked normal, and you know. Four teams who are bringing in huge pieces like Julio Jones and reshaping some of the offense. 
uh, with a new tight end. Anthony Ferkser wasn't available. That's another area of adversity the Titans had to overcome and did um, with their depth in Michael Pruitt. But the offense looked the part. The defense looked improved. And you don't want to label a week two game as a must win, but it was a must improve heavily game for the Titans. Yeah. And they did. It was, it was, it was a must respond game. The Titans came out week one and they pooped the bed. Just a giant turd, a little bit of runniness mixed in there. Just a, a it was a turd on a puddle of poop. You have to throw the was. mattress out. It was so bad. It, it was to have to throw the mattress out. So what did the Titans do? How do they respond? First of all, they took the sheets off the bed. <laughs> they ran them. They, they got, they went to the, uh, you know, they washed them. They bleached them. They washed them again. Then they folded them and put them back out. Like put them back in the linen closet themselves. Went to the store, drove, got some more bed sheets, drove back. These are even these bed sheets are even a, a, a higher thread count than the last bed sheets. Much finer bed sheets. Much finer bed sheets. And they and they put them on. And we look. We all know how hard it is to put a fitted bed sheet and a duvet cover onto a bed. The Titans did all that and more on Sunday, all right? They didn't just beat the freaking Seattle Seahawks. They beat the referees, which we will get into. Oh, my God, did they ever beat the referees? I I hate, I hate, I hate fans that are like, the refs sucked. That's the reason we're losing. The refs sucked. If the Titans lost that game, it wouldn't have been because of the refs. Let's make that clear. But, however, there were some pretty atrocious calls by the referees in that game, which we will get into in a little bit, but they beat the, they beat the Seahawks, which the sea chickens. They're the sea chickens. Oh, the sea chickens. Damn, Jack. Damn. If we can get some air horns right here. That's right. I said it. The sea chickens. Jack, geez. I didn't realize we were taking dead bodies on this. So jeez. may have to censor that one. Watch your mouth, dude. The sea chickens he went with. A sea chickens blast here less than five minutes into the podcast. But no. Okay, so not only did they beat the sea chickens, all right, which is 11 guys right there. They beat the 12th man that the Seahawks seem to play with, which seems to me illegal. Uh, and I don't mean from an illegal <laughs> standpoint of them playing with 12 men. I'm, I think, I believe it's an illegal standpoint of them stealing the 12th man from Texas A&M. That's copyright infringement. You Seattle. think A&M okay. had it first, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Oh, A&M definitely had it first, yeah. okay? Don't look, Seattle. Oh, why don't you come up with your own thing? Something unique. I don't know. Something like the 12th Titan. <laughs> A&M's had a rough go of it the last decade. Seahawks stealing the 12th man. Texas joining the SEC. Man, yeah, tough time to be an A&M. Yeah, man. Texas is like, can we not get Can we not get any respect around here? The Texas A&M is the Rodner, Rodney Dangerfield of college football. They're like, huh. Little respect. <laughs> I get no respect. Uh, so that's uh, so, so, but then they beat the 14th man, or no, no, sorry, I can't count the 13th man with the with the referees, John Hussey, the head official of Sunday's game. John, and what dude, dude, ref like a hussy, didn't he? God, what like, a hussy he was. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds it felt good, not as good as sea chickens, but it felt good. Now, the the so the Titans come out and they just 
Jack, the Titans did what we needed them to do. We wanted them to respond. We wanted them to answer back. We were all pissed off last week. We were so angry with this team and how they played and how they, you know, freaking Taylor Lewan tweeting about how I got worked and I, you know, I need to. Thank I you for to, exposing me. Yeah, I yeah. want to thank the team that just kicked my ass. All right. There was no thanking the Seahawks this week. Okay. The Titans came out and they played exactly how we know them to play, which is hard-nosed football. They Look, it won't be pretty at all times. It wasn't pretty at all. Like There were certain times last season where it wasn't pretty, but they got the job done, and that's all we could have asked for going into a hostile environment like Seattle in their home opener. The, Seattle had been undefeated going into uh, home openers under Pete Carroll, right? Am I yes, correct? Yes, this was the first time they've lost their home opener in the Pete Carroll era. In the Pete Carroll era. They have always been 1-0 at home. Not anymore. They are 0-1 at home. The Titans went in there and won a game that was, was seemingly unwinnable, and they did the job. And now here you go, going back back home against a division rival in the Colts was at 1-1, and and they are 0-2. So you have a chance to put them out of their misery early on in the season and get a real good jump start to this division a two-game right. edge and a tiebreaker over the colts three games in um that that would be ideal even though you look terrible in week one doesn't matter you're now a game up on the colts you have the colts coming to town carson wins with two bad ankles a banged up colts team we're talking yeah. about how bad the titans are banged up the colts are i mean at, at, at positions that they really need are, are pretty thin right now yeah, let's like start, quarterback, let, ever let, heard of it? Let's, let's start there with the Titans because I want to go, I want to retrace yeah. the steps of the Titans win over Seattle before the game is when it all yeah. started, right? Yeah, let's go chronological. Let's 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 just go chronological, breaking this game down, starting with pregame. So pregame, you get a list of the inactives, and Taylor Lewan is a surprise inactive <laughs> after hurting himself. I'm, sorry, I'm not laughing. I'm not it, like, I like Taylor Lewan. I love Taylor Lewan. I know I, I came down hard on him last week and I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of still hard on him this week, but like, I, I like Taylor Lewan. I want that to be known. I just, it, it last week was very frustrating and I'm laughing because it's just, it's so crazy to me that he was inactive this week. And that it's a huge loss because even Lewan who let's that, that's probably the worst he's ever looked on an NFL field last week coming off an ACL. To have Taylor Lewan, the three-time Pro Bowl left tackle, at any form is okay, right? You, you, yeah. you, you can you can sleep well knowing that, okay, the left side of the line, we've got guys who've been there, who've done that, who are capable, who are out of this world athletic over there. Well, that's stripped from the Titans an hour before the game begins. Taylor Lewan can't go because he gets hurt in warm-ups. Ty Sambrello thrown into the fold at left tackle. You've already got Q Berry on, on the right side, and – the Titans are already having to work from behind the eight ball with 40% of their O-line not available to go. <laughs> Q, Q Barry sounds like a cereal and like the, uh, I guess, the I guess count, tw only 20% wouldn't be able to go, but Q Barry is no starting right, right tackle. You know? I mean, <laughs> I think I had a bowl of Q Barry this morning. It was, <laughs> I, I had that, uh, uh, count Chocula and, uh, Frankenberry, uh, just all, <laughs> mixed in together just for one massive cereal. But yeah, Ty Sambrillo, first of all, shout out. My man didn't give up a single sack to Chandler Jones this week. Already, like Huge improvement. Huge yes. upgrade from last week. Uh, that wasn't the question. Go, you asked the question. 
what is Taylor Lewan doing during pregame warmups? Because oh my gosh, it, it's okay. frustrating, isn't if it? If you remember last week, I don't know you if you can if you can think back that far. In week one, the Titans got destroyed. I know we all we all have short memories. It's the NFL, as we should. Okay, you 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 move on. But the Titans in week one got destroyed. Chandler Jones had five sacks, four of three or four of which came on Taylor Lewan. I believe Lawan was credited for two sacks, although he, you, you know, he could be held responsible for more than that. Yeah. But, well, I mean, um, him going down, him going down with cramps uh, in the middle of that game. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and throw. All it was five. A, it, it was a bad day for Taylor Lawan, but hey, no one's no one's saying that the Titans aren't a better team with Taylor Lawan in there. Right. 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 No. 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 And I'm not. I'm not saying that at all either. I'm not. Uh, but it. But it is. It, it's funny because all last week, it, you know, we and look. Taylor Lewan's feet were held to the fire last week, as they should have been. He, you know, he's the most outspoken guy, uh, offensive lineman in the NFL. You know, he's got the he's got the podcast and everything. Like he, he he's a voice, he's a personality. So, but when you play poorly, you do have to answer to that if you're going to be that during the good times. So, and he was, and he was asked, and he basically said, you know, during pregame warm-ups, I think it was one of those things where it's like week one, I get overhyped. Uh during pregame warm-ups, I think I got overly excited my a little too hard yeah my legs felt heavy during the game which was an exact quote from him so 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 that happens to the point where he got so revved up during pregame warm-ups last week to where he gives up five sacks to chandler jones then this week he gets so revved up to the point where he doesn't even make the starting roster he didn't even he's inactive for the he game, can't play. Yeah, he's hurt. Yeah. What is this man doing during pregame warmups? Is he? What is he like? Like doing friggin' uh, uh, parkour or something? Like it's it's my it is concerning. I mean, two games in, Taylor Lewan's played one game, and in that game, he gave up a handful of sacks to Chandler Jones. What's it? How long is Taylor Lewan going to need? Because let's face it. it the Titans are in a position where they are in the AFC South and the winner of the AFC South doesn't really need to be firing on all cylinders until maybe late October. That's how bad the division is. So what you don't want to do is rush Taylor Lewan back while he's still recovering from this knee injury, because it is the same knee that he aggravated in pregame that, that he got surgery on this past season. You don't want to rush him back. You know, if, if you have to shelf him for a few weeks, you shelf him. You try and make do with what you have. So Taylor Lewan can come back in late October, early November, and really help this team. Um, I don't know if that's the route that they're going to take. Taylor Lewan could easily play on Sunday, and I wouldn't be surprised. But they, they got to figure that out with Lewan because Sambrello, while he played nice on Sunday, Lewan's the anchor of that O-line, and they need him out there. And part of me wonders, like, did they rush him back too soon? Like, obviously, like, Taylor Lewan's, like, chomping at the bit to play, which I understand. I completely get. And I'm glad. I- I'm glad he is. Uh, but but did they rush him back too soon? Are we, like, could we put- be potentially re-aggravating something here? Or I don't know. I-, I All I'm hoping is that the Titans do play the smart. And exactly like you said, save him now. They don't need to unwrap the Taylor Lewan leftovers out of the 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 saran it's an afc south grace period you have a few weeks to really put it all together and the colts are the only team you're really competing against in that division and as long as they're winless yeah you don't there's not a nest you don't absolutely have to have lawan out there if he's not 100 
And I think I think any Titans fan would tell you if if you know we said at the beginning of the season, uh, outside of Jack and I because we predicted seventeen and zero starts. Uh, but then we 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 did amend our our predictions last week and yeah, the first seventeen game schedule. You know we're we're bound to miss one. Right, right. Sixteen and, and we, one's we, still good. And we amended our predictions last week. We said sixteen and one, which that is still in play. Not to brag. Uh, so, uh, but I think if you told any Titans fan two games in, Titans are going to be one and one against the Cardinals and the Seahawks, no matter which way you slice it. I think Titans fans would take that. I I think nine yeah. out of ten Titans fans would say one and one is a fine way to start the season with those two teams. And I, and I think 90% of those fans would have thought that it went the opposite way. Would, yes, exactly. Exactly. But, but going back uh, to pregame, you know, you know, the Titans weren't just down the That inactive list was full of players that contribute regularly. And I mean, it, mainly just three of them, but you have Jayon Brown on that list who yes. just had elbow surgery last season. He's back on the inactives. Anthony Ferkser was an inactive. Yep. So your, your Titans are now Jeff Swain and Michael Pruitt who gets elevated. Tommy Hudson, um, he gets to go on the active roster for, for a day, and then now he's back down. Uh, Cam Batson's also out. Caleb Farley not ready to go. Derek Roberson not out there. Um, so you're dealing with, in week two, s- some injuries at key positions. Inside linebacker, your pass-catching tight end's down. Uh, Lawan, your left tackle's down. So the Titans are already behind it a little bit. But they managed to put together a few drives early, and they were moving the ball but they ended up settling for field goals. They made it to the red zone uh, in, in the regular in regulation, the Titans kicked three field goals from the, from inside the red zone. So you'd right. like to well, see six there getting six on the road in Seattle is much better th- than settling for three against Russell Wilson in that offense. Yes. But th- they were able to move the ball up and down the field pretty, you know, pretty fairly, it, not with complete ease, but Tannehill looked okay early and Julio Jones helped AJ Brown, Needs to, you know, fix those drop issues. I feel like there's a game every year where he does something like that. Hopefully that gets corrected quickly. And we all know he's better than four drops. Yeah, but- right. He he also, like the Taylor Lewan, also had a tweet at the after the game. Uh, this one kind of just clowning himself, basically saying how someone in his family said he couldn't catch COVID, which one, <laughs> that, that's a great joke. That, so it's, add a great that joke. To- it's a great attribute to have, man. I, You know, if my hands were so bad that I couldn't even catch like the most infectious virus that's going around the entire world right now, that would yeah. be, uh, I mean, good on one side, but also your job is to catch a football. So right. that add, has to be fixed. Add that tweet to his list of uh, drops for the week. Cause that was him uh, dropping the mic uh, with that one. Well done, AJ. Nice. I, I can appreciate that. Now the uh, Mike Vrabel, uh, or, or no, no, no. I, and you said, you know, all the field goals, you need to get six. Like the, the, this is a league, especially against teams as good as the Seahawks. It, you, you can't settle for field goals when you need to get touchdowns. Now, granted, one of those field goals should have been a touchdown. It was a touchdown, but for whatever yes. reason, uh, Hussey, so and, Hussey and crew, uh, struggled mightily on Sunday. I don't know what it was, but, um, the Hus bus rolled through Seattle and decided to try and make it as hard as possible on the Titans to, to get right. a win on the road in a, a situation where they were desperate to do so. But uh, continuing, I mean, that's right. We, the Titans we, fans got quickly off the Hus bus and, and, and right back onto the, uh, the fuss bus, the fuss bus yes, <laughs> complaining exactly. about him. Uh, but, but what I loved about Julio was, and you brought him up uh, was how he responded week one. Uh, comes out and he he didn't play great he had a couple of drops he had that huge personal foul penalty causing mike vrabel to argue or, i mean excuse me uh to swear in a 
press conference last week calling Julio Jones out, which I I, I think is I think is great um, for a number of reasons. One, it that's Mike Vrabel telling uh, telling basically Julio Jones and really anyone that you can't you can't rely off of past experiences in this league, especially with this team. You can't do that. It's, it's not going to get you very far at all. And to me, and, and I know this was, it was a little weird seeing Mike Vrabel just single out Julio Jones like that, especially Julio Jones, a guy who is a generational talent, one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play the sport. And here he is in his first game as a Titan, the head coach is chewing him out. To me, this message, the what Mike Rabel calling out Julio Jones publicly like that, that was less for him to get in the head of Julio Jones and to snap him back into shape, and more so a message to the team of him saying, look, I don't care what your pedigree is. I don't care what it says on your resume or how many uh, highlight videos you've got up on YouTube. All right, What I care about is getting the job done in between the lines on Sundays. And that did not happen. And Julio Jones was the prime example of that last Sunday. This Sunday, what does he do? He answers with over 100 yards in the first half. Okay, really the first quarter and a half, uh, over 100 yards receiving. Goes out, should have had a touchdown, but he plays phenomenal. He plays great. Plays the way the Titans need him to play, especially when you got A.J. Brown on the other side dropping passes the way he was. Julio Jones was a big part of the Tennessee Titans winning this game on Sunday, and that should not be lost in the shuffle of everything. This is the reason the Tennessee Titans and John Robinson went out and picked up number eight, which is now number two, uh, for the Tennessee Titans. Julio Jones, you're right. I mean, eight targets, which is second most on the team behind A.J. Brown, but obviously Julio did more with those targets, catching six balls, 128 with that long 51-yard uh, catch as his his longest of the day. But they just look – they look to be clicking early and often, too. It was a guy that Tannehill looked, you know, uh, to go through when, when maybe they were backed up, uh, you know, down in distance, off schedule, whatever. Julio Jones was that safety valve, and he made a really strong catch early in the game where Tannehill, who made a point this offseason, and the front office did as well, to make it a point – to bring in big, tall, physical receivers yes, to, to make these plays. And, and that's what Julio is and what he was brought in to do. And to see him and Tannehill on the same page this week, because last week we were talking about, man, they have too many problems to correct in just seven days. You can cross off Julio and, and Tannehill's timing yeah. as one of those, it appears, yeah. because they were, they, were, they were hitting on all cylinders. And that, that's a big reason why the Titans were in this game. And, you know, you go to halftime and, and the Titans are down 24 to 9. That's a 15 point lead. 20, 23 to nine. Uh, or no, no, 24 you're right. 24 to nine. nine. You're right. Sorry. Excuse me. And that's a 15 point deficit. The Seahawks, when leading by 15 points at home, 52 and 0. 52 and 0. They've never lost, went up 15 at home. And the Titans turned that around in the second half. And, and let's start with the third quarter, the first possession. The Titans get the ball, and you know they, they've got to really send a message early in the in the quarter. And none other than Michael Pruitt gets the juices flowing yes. offensively. He, he caught a six yard pass to kind of fire himself up a little because you know he wasn't expected to, to, to need needed to be used. I mean, Ferkser's out. That the Titans need to find a pass catching tight end. That's what they have Pruitt on the roster for. He catches a six yard pass, and then there's a little inside give to Derrick Henry. 
And Michael Pruitt finishes a block on Jamal Adams, who made the tackle, but finished it very aggressively. Yes. Laid on him for an extra second, second and a half, and kind of gave him a shove. And from then on, the energy kind of flipped in it, Austin. Yeah, no, you're right. And and uh, real quick, because uh, I, I loved Michael Pruitt's game on, on Sunday. Uh, but it is interesting, too, uh, the parallels of from week one and week two. There's not many, but the parallels of how this team responded with the opening drive of the second half. Because if you remember last week, uh, Good I believe point. the opening drive, the Cardinals got the ball. That was when we got an interception. Uh, the Titans got an interception and uh, were able to get the ball back in the offense's hands to make, like, kind of stop the bleeding. This week, it's the opposite. The offense gets the ball to start off and they march right down the field. And you're right. Michael Pruitt was a big part of that. And I love, look, Michael, first of all, I mean, look, I, here I was like early, like during camp and everything. I'm like, why isn't this guy just spell his name Michael? Like normal people. Instead, it's a he cool goes, way to spell Michael. He goes Michael, uh, which, you know, look, I'm glad he's Michael and not the not anyone else's Cole because he was <laughs> cool on Sunday. Oh, gosh, that was terrible. Uh, so but he goes and Jamal Adams. And, and I remember that block specifically because I remember watching him being like, don't get a penalty. Don't get a flag. And I'm thinking like, oh, you know, and he was so close to it. He, he was, was so very close. close, very close, very aggressive. Of course, like the one time the referees didn't screw over the Titans was there. And I'm look, I'm glad that they didn't. And uh, but but you're right. That energy was really kind of what sparked this drive. And he he had a number of plays where not just not just on the, the passes he caught, but on some of the blocks, if you go back and watch the play and watch number 85, dude was blocking his ass off and he was blocking well. And this is Michael Pruitt might be. And look, I love Anthony Ferkser, but if he's going to be out and Michael Pruitt steps up and plays as well, as I he can did trust on Sunday, that Pruitt can get it done, right? He, he is the blocking first pass catching tight end that the Titans need right now. Okay. He, he can do it all as he showed on Sunday. He's and to me, he's got a little bit of Darren Bates hype man in him. I like you that. Know? I do like that actually. Like obviously Darren Bates not on the roster anymore, and he was always known as the hype man, the guy on the sidelines that was gonna get people consistently high come. energy. When, yes. when things are bad, he can pick you up. And if if that's the role Pruitt has to play this year, then then so be it. But he did on that block, he kind of got Jamal Adams outside of his game a little bit. It seemed, seemed to rattle Jamal Adams, not only Adams. But the defense, because they came in, um, you know, the next play and, and kind of were, were giving Michael Pruitt a little extra, kind of just a lot of jawing back and forth. But it led to a second and 12 when the Titans were at Seattle's 43. Tannehill found Pruitt for 15 yards, and then a linebacker hit him out, out, out of bounds. Yeah. Back on 15 more. And that's where you knew that Michael Pruitt had won the battle because the Titans were now in the red zone and they went on to score. It was a nine-play, 80-yard drive out of the half. Yep. Where they controlled the tempo. They controlled the ball, which controlling the time of the clock was something that the Titans did all day long. I mean, the time of possession was very lopsided. The Titans had the ball for 42 minutes, the Seahawks for 22. Um, so that's something to look at. And obviously, when you work the ground game like you did, you'll 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 see the, the benefits when it comes to time of possession. But that drive out of the gate, you're so right, Austin. It Compared to last week, the Titans were in a completely different headspace moving forward, and they were ready to mount this comeback. 
Yeah, and I just I just love that in 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 two weeks uh, thus far the Titans have come out of halftime playing extremely well, and that that tells me that this team is is you know like if they go in into halftime with a deficit, like it, it they will make corrections, they will make adjustments, and and clearly both sides of the football have proven that in in two weeks throughout the season. I, I so I'd love to see, and you're right, and getting in Jamal Adams' head a little bit later on, I think in that opening drive. Uh, it may have been a different drive, but uh, he ends up getting called for a holding penalty. Uh, I don't think it was on Michael Pruitt, but it was it was on someone. And so, like, you know, are you getting in Jamal Adams' head a little bit? And Michael also had a great catch across the middle where he he makes the catch across the middle, gets popped real hard, almost falls to a knee, but keeps his balance and picks up, like, you know, five to ten more yards, mm-hmm. which is just a – that's what you need out of a guy like that. And if you've got a guy like that catching passes across the middle and you've got Julio Jones and you've got A.J. Brown on the outside, my goodness, this is – and it's, it goes back to what we talked about in the offseason. Titans need to fill that, like, tight end role who can kind of just be a body that can block – and can catch passes. And Michael Pruitt did an amazing job at that on Sunday. Isn't that one of the most, you know, uh, for me, that's one of the most positive things that came out of this game is not only that the stars played well for the Titans, but guys you did not expect to play yeah. at all, really, came in, Ty Sambrello, Michael Pruitt, uh, Randy Bullock even, I mean, came in to really lift the Titans past the Seahawks. Without those three guys, they don't win this game. Right. There's no question about it that they don't win this game. I know volunteers fans will agree with me here. It's just nice to have a Pruitt help a Tennessee team win. <laughs> yes. You know, like that's it yeah. for once, finally. Am I this right? This one knows Guys. what asparagus is, too. So that's a bit. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, before we get to drill Rex Road, Jack, uh, there's something that's not talked about, I feel like, enough. Uh, I, I, for one, and, and I don't know how you feel about this, but the, the Titans. They put they, first of all, we didn't even mention Derrick Henry in that whole thing, mm-hmm. in that whole opening, in, the, in this entire episode. We have yet to mention Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, welcome back, baby. I freaking love that dude. <laughs> I, my gosh, was that vintage? And when I say vintage, I know, like, I mean, like the last two seasons, but that was vintage <laughs> Derrick Henry right there. Fourth quarter showing up when you need to. And I mean, Credit Todd Downing for not going away from the run because it was not working early. I credit Todd Downing and they, um, Jack. I want to shout that from a mountaintop. Credit Todd Downing for not abandoning the run when you're down 15 points in the second half, where many offensive coordinators would be would start to throw the football. The Titans' identity is built on running the rock, and they did, and they stuck with their guns. And even even late, there was like six minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they're still running the football with Derrick Henry. And it it turned out to be amazing. And Derrick has what? He had like what 30 something yards at halftime. Yeah, uh, I believe it was it was somewhere around 24-ish, something like yeah. that. But, and then he goes off and, and finishes with what, like 100, 190 plus? And, and listen to this. Derrick Henry this season, his first half numbers are are bad. 22 carries for 43 yards. That's less than two yards per tote. Okay. <sighs> He has not been able to get it going in the first half, whether that's no. because defenses understand that the Titans have to establish to run early, right. or whether it's just, you know, maybe the offensive line not being fully healthy yet. Something's up with that. But in the second half, he's averaging seven yards a carry. 25 yeah. carries, 175 Which... yards. And in the fourth quarter, 10 yards a carry, almost a lot. Eight for 86. 
in the fourth quarter that, of that, games this season. That is, that is a microcosm of Derrick Henry as a whole. All right. Everyone wants to quickly jump on. Oh, he's not running. He's running soft or he's not running hard or like, oh, he's, you know, the run game is not working in the first half. Sometimes even in the first half of a season, because what is, what do we say? Every game, he just gets stronger. The more you feed him and the same thing with the season, the more, the deeper you get into the season, the stronger he gets. Okay. And the defenses get weaker and they hate tackling him 25 times, 35, this game, 35 rush attempts, career high. And what did we say last week? We said, Derrick Henry is one of the least of our concerns. All right. He did. He had what? 50 something, 58 yards last week. We're like, I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned with Derrick Henry. Okay, maybe he was concerned with the offensive line, but I'm not concerned with Derrick Henry. 182, sure. three touchdowns this week. And right, and that's what he does. And it, and that's just like the general theme of Derrick Henry in his career is he he goes off for, like if he if he ever gets held under 100 yards in a game, the next week you better watch out because he puts up 150 plus almost guaranteed. Man, what it, if you're a defense and you see that Derrick Henry struggled the week before, aren't you just dying inside? Derrick Henry was not even in the top five of the NFL's rushing leaderboard last year. Obviously, 58 yards, not much. This last week, week, yeah. Last week, last week. This week, not only is he in the top five, my man is back on top. He's the leading <laughs> rusher in the NFL, okay? He has By what, like 40 yards? Yeah, he has 240 yards rushing. This season, okay, through two games, the he has 201 of those rushing yards after contact, okay? The next leading rusher in the NFL, 196 yards. It's, uh, it's, uh, no, it's not Dalvin Cook. Uh, Is it yeah, it's Joe Mixon. Yeah, Joe Mixon. That, that certainly won't last. But yeah. Joe Mixon is the number two leading rusher in the sport, and he's got 196 yards. Derrick Henry has more yards rushing after contact than Joe Mixon has total rushing yards, okay? Look, the king is back, all right? You should not be worried about Derrick Henry this season. He is going to put together a good game plan. And what this tells me is, is Todd Downing, this opens his eyes too. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that I've got this freaking Hummer sitting in my in my freaking garage. I should go take him out for a spin every so often. It's a it's a Hummer with a Ferrari engine, so it can go fast. And it went fast on that sixty-two yard run down the sideline. Mike, you look at the pursuit angles on that run. You go back and watch that run. You're like, oh my gosh, I like. I don't know if anyone thought that that run was going to go for a touchdown when he got to the second level. And then you see the pursuit angle and you're like, oh, damn, Derrick Henry is fast. We always forget how fast Derrick Henry is until he does something like that for us. Another thing you mentioned downing there with Henry. And what I liked out of downing is Derrick Henry was using the screen game often. I mean, Derrick Henry and Julio Jones tied for the team leading catches. Both had six, six catches from Derrick Henry. When's the last time that happened? I don't think ever. Hey, how do you think that? Do you remember? Do you remember back? And I want to say in like May or something. Uh, I think it was, I think it was when Worsham was filling in for me on this show, but I came on, I came on this podcast and, um, and we talked about, it. I'm, I'm almost positive it was this week or, or that week. Um, uh, there was a, there was an article that came out. Some NFL writer did a top five running backs list. 
And, you know, it was list season in the off season. We were going off on any list that came out. We talked about it. And he, he made a list top five running backs. He put Derrick Henry at fifth, fifth best running back in the sport. When you see that, that's a list you just don't pay attention to. Right. But his, his number one reason was because Derrick Henry, not a pass catcher. I don't think his pass catching ability. And with every single catch he had on Sunday, I just wanted to freaking, I, I, I wish I had that dude's nose so I could rub it in that in that shit. Basically, he looked good. That's what it, I wish I could. It, it do. looked re- he looked really good catching the ball, and you know, I mean, some of them were just you know four, five, six yard passes. Sure, uh, yeah, checkdowns, over the middle checkdown passes. Yeah. but uh, it worked. Six for fifty-five. That's efficient. That's- and the screen passes, and uh, and and when I when I look at screen passes, I don't look at how the running back performs on the screen pass. I look at how the offensive line looks on the screen passes. And the offensive line looked really well. They, you Man, know, they did. They, they good, got enough of a chip up front. Then they get out in front of them, and then they lead the way for them. It may have been the first screen pass they threw to Derrick Henry, where, you know, he picked up probably fifteen or so yards, but he got yeah. stuck there. And the broadcast team goes, "Well, he, he it looked like he picked up the minimum on that because it was blocked so well. You know, you just had to make the one guy miss." I like the screen game. Yeah. Derrick Henry with a head full of steam and a couple of big hogs in front of him. That's a nightmare for a defense. I love right. that. Keep doing that, Todd Downing. Yeah, because even if you get through that layer of hogs, then you have to freaking tackle a woolly mammoth. So good luck with that. All right. Uh, we did not even plan to talk about Derrick Henry today, but I love you know. How do you not though? After 180 right. yards on the that's ground, that's on us. That's on us. look, and I, you know, I'm not going to go more than 10 minutes throughout my work week and not talk about Derrick Henry. I'm, I'm bringing Derrick Henry up at work, and they're like, dude, Austin, you're you're on a freaking country music station here in Chicago. Why do you keep talking about Derrick Henry? <laughs> and I'm like, guys, I can't help it. I can't help it. The King did King things on Sunday. Why right? is Chicago country radio not talking about Derrick Henry? Yeah, right. That's my, that's what I, that was my <laughs> argument. That's what I said when I was called into my boss's office today. You know, like I, that's what I, <laughs> why are we not talking about it? Everyone should be talking about Derrick Henry and the game that he had on Sunday. All right. Where I was going before we went off on our Derrick Henry tangent, Jack, late in the game, Titans ride Derrick Henry to a 30 to 29 score with the PAT pending. Oh, yeah. This was a big one. This this was a huge decision. And Mike Rabel, you know, who in in in, in decisions like this, you know, he's 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 proven to be faulty at times where you know a game decision or or a decision to whether or not to kick a field goal or not has come down the wire and he's he's failed at those decisions before he sends randy bullock aka fat randy out into the field and and i i he literally rolled him out into the field like the little blueberry girl from uh, willy wonk in the chocolate factory they roll fat randy out there okay and then they say randy kick us this extra point instead of going for two now, a lot of people were thinking if the Titans score here, they got to go for two, got to go for two. Some people were probably upset that the Titans didn't go for two, even despite the them getting the win in overtime. Because the Titan, a lot of Titans fans wanted Rabel to just end it there. Personally, I love the de- decision. I love the decision of choosing not to go for two putting your fate on the leg of Randy Bullock, which is, which is a nightmare all in and of itself, but they did. And it came, it, it proved to be fruitful. 
and you play for the tie, you play into overtime. I love this decision because the Titans had all of the momentum, right? The defense outside of the blown coverages looked amazing in the second half, all right? To me, my, in my, the way the, my mindset goes on a situation like this, why put the entire game down into the fate of one play? when you can put the entire game in the fate of multiple plays when it comes to overtime, if they get the ball first, that's fine. Your defense has been playing well outside of two blown assignments. They've been playing well pretty much all game. If your offense gets the ball, my goodness, just hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and you see what happens. Yeah. So I was, I actually loved the decision to not go for two and instead play the hand of the momentum. So how, how do you feel? I, I completely get that side and everything I do. Oh, um, no. oh, no. Here no, we but I, I'm on the opposite side, but it, we have, you know, similar reasons. And I think you'll agree with some of mine. So the Titans had the opportunity to take a 10 second runoff, which would have bled the clock down to, I believe, 22 seconds um, with the ball on the one foot line. Yeah, that was another thing. They probably the should have. They shouldn't have called that timeout to. Uh, I think I, they should have called that, that timeout to stop the uh, 10 second runoff. I think they should have just accepted the 10 second runoff. But that's and, neither here nor there. I'm not going to I'm not going to get nitpicky with the coaching. No. staff there. All right, but, but so so if they had done that and there were 22 seconds on the clock, 22 for 22, Derek Henry. Nice, um, nice. I see what you, you did there. You 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 punch it in and then you follow it up with a two point conversion call because you're on the road in a hostile environment. And to me, Derek Henry from the two yard line is greater than 50 percent chance. Right? It's I think the Titans have a better than a 50 percent shot to convert that. Now, looking at the data. Through 2018 and 2019, teams only converted on two-point conversions 49.4% of the time. And you're looking for that, that 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 key number at 50, which is the chance you have at winning the coin toss in overtime. Right. I was gonna well, and I was gonna say, yeah, that, that, that's less than 50. If I if I if my math serves me correct, 49% less than 50%. So yes, 49.4 is less than 50, but <laughs> When you factor in what Derrick Henry did in the second half and how the Seahawks were so on their heels um, when it came to stopping Derrick Henry, I, I believe that that was a point in the game where they were worn down physically from Derrick Henry. He had beaten them down physically, emotionally, mentally, and that was a point in the game where maybe, and this maybe changes things, if Taylor Lewan's out there at left tackle, do they make the same decision? Do they, do they choose to kick the extra point? That we'll never know. But to me, I think Derrick Henry from the two-yard line is a greater than 50% chance to convert, and that's why I would have done it. Now, I'm happy that they played it the other way because the Titans came out with a win. But in that moment, in, in, because judging from that, that play call, we did not have overtime to look at. We did not know what was going to happen. But at that point in time, I really truly believe that giving Derrick Henry the ball at the two was the right move to go ahead and finish it then and then try and let your defense hold on and survive for the last 20 seconds of the game. If first of all, if Taylor Lewan was in that game, they definitely kick the field goal. They don't go for two because somehow Chandler Jones would have made the game winning tackle. <laughs> in the backfield. Uh, let it rest. Will you let it die? <laughs> but, but also like what you're telling me is if you are Mike Vrabel's shoes, okay, not only are you going for two, but then you're also, handing the ball off to Derrick Henry. Don't you think literally everyone in that stadium would imagine that that ball is going to Derrick Henry in that moment? Yes. No, no, I, I'm, I'm with you there that Derrick Henry is the likely recipient of that, of that two point conversion play. But at the same time, I, 
and even if it was, that's I'm not I'm not saying that Todd Downing's you know handcuffed to a run play there because you have Julio Jones, right? Right. You have AJ Brown, although he had he had been a little shaky, but I it didn't have to go to Henry, but you could have done something where, and we saw it with Arthur Smith, King Cat, right? Where Derrick Henry's taking the direct snap, um, right? Well, and but that's that's against the Texans, uh, <laughs> true. So we have to handicap our opponents. You're right. Yeah. Um, but. Credit to credit to the Titans because you know if they didn't feel like they had the perfect play to win that game right there, I don't want you to run it. Okay, if you aren't completely one hundred percent confident in a play from the two yard line to, to win the game against the Seahawks on the road in a in a very almost must winny environment, that's fine. Just kick it and go to overtime and take your chances with the coin toss. They they, they got they got lucky, although I mean they got stopped. Then they got stopped when they got to stop when they had to. And yeah. Uh, kind of you know field position really contributed to the win there, and Randy Bullock obviously. But I'm, I'm still of the opinion that yes, in that circumstance, if that comes up again, I would prefer the Titans to go for two, just only on the road against a great team though, not not playing with food at home against Jacksonville or you know against the Texans or or, or somebody like that or the Jets who are coming up, only against a, a premier opponent like against the Chiefs. I'm going for two with 20 seconds left to put that game away. Sure. And and I get it. I look, if you're playing the Chiefs, I get that. But like to me, like I, I only go for two in that moment if I feel that I've been overmatched. And at no point in the second half, really, uh, did I feel like the Titans were overmatched. Maybe, maybe, I mean, really just on that one miscommunication play by the defense, uh, on the long uh touchdown. It wasn't uh it wasn't Lockett. Who was the guy who caught the second? Uh Freddie Swain. Freddie Swain, the on his on his touchdown, I was like, ah, oh, dang it, here we go again. Titans, you know, bad defense strikes again. But really, outside of that, like the Titans defense looked really good in the second half. Like they were sacking uh, Russell Wilson, they were uh, you know putting pressure on him from all different areas. I I just felt good, and I I think the only time you go for two is if like you're running on fumes. And the Titans were not. The Titans had plenty of gas left in the tank. They could have played two more quarters. And I think the Titans would have maybe won by a score, if not two scores, late in that game. I I just, uh, I mean, look, Jack, I love you. I respect you. you obviously, you're, you're, my, you're my podcasting BFF, okay? <laughs> You're wrong though. You're wrong. I like, I like it. Let me close. Let me, let me close this off by, okay. I'm go, I've am i found everything on the Titans chargers game from October of 2018 when they were in London. So all the right. Titans, that, first of all, is October 21st, 2018. That was my birthday. It was in London. I was at that game. I, why do you got to bring you up really? this old wound? I was, wow, and, man, that's a tough birthday. Then it was a very tough birth. Why you got to bring this up, dude? Well, I, I'm bringing it up because it's, it's relevant to our conversation and that's the Titans against the Seahawks. They had scored and were trailing by one with 20, what was it? 30, I believe 20, no, 29 seconds left was when the decision came to either go for two or kick the extra point against the Seahawks. Now, 29 seconds, remember that. In the Chargers game, the Titans scored with 31 seconds left, trailing by one. So that's two seconds more on the clock, and they decided to go for two. And get this, guess who they threw it to on the two-point conversion play? Do you remember? gosh, I remember. Uh, uh, Was it Corey Davis? It was Luke Stalker. 
Luke's. Oh, damn it, Luke! I forgot about that. Talk about Freaking the wrong Luke's, place, wrong time, guy. That's Luke Stalker for the Luke Titans. Stalker he's in, on the goal line. Bad is going to happen. If the ball goes anywhere near Luke Stalker on the goal line, you know bad things are going to happen. Uh, that wasn't. Uh, that wasn't Matt Lafleur, was it? Um, yes, it was. It was 2018. Oh, oh no, 2018 was Arthur Smith, wasn't it? Was it? I don't know. No, Arthur Smith was 2019, 2020. That was, was Matt say, LaFleur. Yeah, in that was Matt LaFleur. Because yes. I was, yeah, because I was, I was living in St. Louis at the time, and I remember that. And I was like, oh gosh, that that play call. Look, and I think that's look, and I felt the same way about that game. I was, I remember saying after that game, being pissed off that the Titans went for two in that game because to me that was another game where they had all the momentum in the second half, and maybe, maybe that's something Vrabel learned. He learned from his mistake. If you have the momentum. Just play the hot hand. Play for overtime because you will win. The Titans were not running on fumes in that game either. And they did not need to go for two. They could have just kicked the extra point with suck up. Oh, rest in peace. We miss you, dude. Uh, and uh and 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 played for overtime, but they did not. And it it came back it, to get them. And this time it, it didn't. Did. So you you live and you learn. And Mike Vrabel, credit to you because you come out with a win and you look like the smartest guy on planet Earth because there are a lot of people on Twitter. Uh, a lot of Titans media as well that, that really wanted that two-point conversion, but it worked out because he kicked the extra point. And for that, we are grateful. All right. Uh, yes, we are grateful. And I'm grateful that uh, Jack is wrong. Uh, the <laughs> uh, the ref sucked. I think that's really all we had to say about it. Uh, ref sucked. Um, John Hussey is dead to me. Um, don't, don't First of all, don't ever be the fan that's like, Oh, the Titans are losing because of the refs, or like the the Titans lost that game because of the refs. Like, no team ever loses a game because of the refs. Now, the well, refs except made... for Mississippi State on Saturday, if you saw that game, Memphis yeah. Memphis down to punt, and they picked or Mississippi no, State down to punt, yeah. Memphis ran it back. So there are occasional rare instances, and but, this but one I... could have been one of them. If 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 the Titans ended up losing after having Russell no. Wilson dead in his end zone, which looked like a safety, and there were no whistles blown, I mean, Titans fans would have been rightfully upset. The referees did not give up any of the other touchdowns that Mississippi State gave up in that game. Okay, that the game was <laughs> yeah. longer than one play long. You're right, you're right. right. And, and so, okay, I'm not going to be the one crying. That's for why I State. am anti. Oh, the, it was the refs' fault, guy. Like, if you're yeah. blaming the refs, you have better self awareness than that. Okay, don't don't ever be one of those fans where it's like the refs really gypped us. Don't get me wrong, the refs really gypped the Titans on Sunday. But if the Titans lost that game, it was not because of the refs. There was more than one play that factored into how that game went. Yes. No doubt about it. And so that's my point there. Now, with that said, the refs absolutely sucked. <laughs> they, <laughs> they absolutely gypped the Titans. I'll tell you that much. I mean, there was a third down spot that didn't go our way. Uh, Chris Carson, I believe, had his arm reached out and like half of a yard short. Oh, half then, a yard short. Which And the, the man, lady side official. Refs, where were those refs Super Bowl 34, you know? God, why, why, right? When, when you need a yard, where are they? That Titans would like Kevin Dyson would have scored a touchdown if those refs were refing Super Bowl 34 with the, that spot that they gave Chris Carson on that one play. That yeah. pissed me off. Uh, the freaking Julio Jones touchdown pissed me off. And then you know what? The one that, that pissed me off more than both of those, more than both of those, more than the touchdown, was the walk off safety that wasn't. Mm. That was a safety, guys. Like I don't know what game they were watching on that play. To where Russell Wilson runs backwards, like throws a pass from the end zone to no one, which should have been intentional grounding in the end zone, should have been the safety. And they call 
loss of forward motion from the one. He never yeah. he never stopped moving backwards on that play. He threw the the football off of his back foot. That More right importantly, there tell you, he was moving backwards the entire play. And and thirty two out of thirty two coaches would have loved for that play to have gone on if you're on the off offensive side because you know Russell Wilson with the escapability that he has and everything. Uh, you don't really blow a play dead early for him. Now, on a Peyton Manning or on a more immobile quarterback, maybe you do blow it dead. But in right. this case, there were no whistles. So that uh, play yeah. – And let, but let me ask you this, Austin. Yeah. Would you have rather won on a walk-off safety or a walk-off Randy Bullock field goal? Because I'm taking the field goal <laughs> because Randy Bullock now has the world of, a world of confidence in yeah, him. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, yeah the defense it's, could have used the walk-off safety too i understand but they were playing well third down defense looked good right but they Christian still Fulton get the confidence good. from that play anyway no yes, and exactly. I, I get that argument i get look and now they actually mentioned it i i think i'm i'm okay i i'm okay with the give me the randy bullock field goal give me fat randy getting even fatter on confidence a like kicker with confidence Right, and that's something we the, can all get behind. Titans haven't had a kicker with confidence since the Nixon administration. Okay, <laughs> so I am very much for a kicker having confidence uh, with this. So I, I am. Are you on my I, team with this one? I am on your team a hundred percent because okay. at the end of the game, I don't know if you watched the. Uh, first of all, shout out to the Titans social media team absolutely killing it this week for as like quiet as they were last week, which rightfully so I think they should have been, you know, like they did their due diligence, did the things like their sponsored posts that they had to put out. But this week, since Sunday, they've been putting out fire content from uh, Mike Keith's final call. Yes, to, that was awesome. To the video, uh, the videos of the players walking off the field, Derek Henry. Oh gosh. What did he say? Did you hear what he, Derek I, Henry, I, it was nine seconds. He said, and I remember he said, he said uh, we heard, we can we, li- we, we listen, we conquered something like oh man, I something along those lines is awesome. If that By the if, way, have you noticed that he is so much more vocal already this season than he has been in years past? Yeah, he's getting that that leader, like he's 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 becoming that like vocal leader. We the, obviously we saw the video last week of him chewing out the offensive line on the yeah, sideline. I am this, here for that. And then so you get the videos of them walking off the field, which if that wasn't a rallying cry for this season, what Derrick Henry said, which I, I should have had it written down. I don't. Uh, but the video of him going up to the Titans uh, social media team as he's walking off the field, he he said three words and it was like, OK, damn. OK, now I'm fine. And you could tell he was like that was him like letting stress off because he was very frustrated with last week and and with how. He was probably frustrated with Titans fans with how hard we came down on the team, which I get yeah. that. And now it was like a like a weight being left off their shoulders. He hits you with that, and then they go into the locker room, and we see the 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 post game speech from Rabel to his team, and he says, "Got talking about kicking the door down." And first of all, that's another rallying cry. Let's print the shirts for those kicking the door down. And then on top of that, they uh, Derrick Henry again talks to the team and he's like, look, this is, this is how you win championships. You got to win every day, not just on Sundays, but every day. And we did that this week. Now we got to keep it going. I, oh my gosh, goosebumps. I could run through a wall just hearing you say it. Oh my gosh. Do you want to go run through a wall right now? It probably wouldn't make, it probably wouldn't make for a good podcast, but we could just go run through a wall right now. 
ah oh, man, you know, I I don't think that I can make that happen, but I'll I'll yeah. I'll watch you do it. No, no, someone actually, has no, to stay here and run the podcast. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. And now, now that you bring it up, I do. I wouldn't get my deposit. Yeah, back. you just I, moved into that house. You don't I'm in an apartment. It. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm paying rent. I don't want to add to that. So, uh, but if we could run through walls, we would run through walls right now. You have the tighten up podcast guarantee. All right, look, we've hit on every last thing we possibly could. We got to get to Joe Rex Road and uh hear what he has to say about this game but then also uh about what he has to say about uh the colts and then on the on the flip side for after joe we'll get into the colts a little bit then we got remember the titan then we're out of here so jack uh what do you got for us before we get to joe DraftKings sportsbook week one may be over but the season is just getting started at DraftKings sportsbook an official betting partner of the nfl to kick off week three DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $1 on a football game this week and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet at least $1 on any football game. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code a to Z sports to receive $200 in free bets. When you place a $1 bet on any football game, that's promo code A to Z sports to get your $200 in free bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Present in Tennessee to bet. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9785. We are joined by an uncle uh, who you guys are very familiar with, Uncle Joe Rexroad, uh, just a one of the finest men ever to grace this earth and to cover uh, your Tennessee Titans. You can read all of his work on The Athletic, which if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Like you want, you know, people always complain, oh, there's not good journalism in this. Uh, yeah, no, there is The Athletic. And uh, and Joe is one of those guys that makes it happen. Joe, dude, I, first of all, thank you for joining us. Second of all, how have you been? We, we've missed you. Well, first of all, thank you. I'm a little disappointed you didn't say the finest person to, to be roaming the earth, but you know, we'll <laughs> Wait, work. What did that. I say? Did I say one of the finest? <laughs> oh, that's fine. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. that's not bad. You know, I just don't fine. want other look, Joe. I don't want other people to be jealous of what we have. That's honestly <laughs> very, why. very understandable. But yes, it is. Uh, it is good to be back with you guys. I hope you're well. And so, you, so you're in Chicago, yes, I Austin. Am. I am, awesome. yeah, I, I am now in Chicago, which I believe, yeah, last week, last we spoke, I was in St. Louis. So my goal is to just be in a different city every time. Uh, Drifting <laughs> north. Yeah, 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 right. The Yukon. Yeah. <laughs> in like six months when we have you back on the podcast, I'll be in Canada. So There you go. Yeah. Anchorage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Joe, um, Titans, man, they they did everything we asked for. Uh, they, they bounced back from probably one of the most embarrassing Titans performances in, in some time, probably at least since Mariota was drafted, I'd get, or actually no, since Tannehill took over, I'd say, uh, because there was a, some, a few clunkers with Mariota at quarterback, but the, they, they, they answered the call and really, I mean, and it may not, it may not feel like this with the way they, they played in the first half, 
but you could say that the Titans were pretty dominant on, on Sunday, right? Yeah. Well, especially, I mean, the thing is, I, I, the thing I hate when people do this and yet I'm going to do it. You know, you take out three plays. (laughs) Jack and I were literally just saying that, like right before we came on, we were like, you know, you take away those three plays and they were pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's like, well, you take away that six-yard touchdown from Derrick Henry. The Seahawks did all right against him, you know. Well, I guess it was still on a buck twenty even with that without that. But yeah, so it's like, so you, I mean, those huge mistakes are still something you have to worry about. But I mean, after that touchdown, that last one, one first down and four possessions, six points in the second half. So it actually, I mean, and again, against Russell Wilson, it's not like against. Right. You know, Nick Foles last year when it's like, oh, maybe the third down defense is getting there, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick Foles. Uh, yeah. I mean, this was against a legit guy in offense. So, yeah, and, and and I mean, the offense, so they had what? They had er, er, they had the one possession that gets blown up by a strip sack. Um, I guess they had the three and out on the, right away. But other than that, like, they, they went down the field every time, basically, on them. Yeah. Um, so, no, I mean, overall – it was, it was, they, they controlled, you're talking about 43 minutes of possession, you know, I mean, that's exactly what the formula is for them. And Joe, what impressed me was they did this without Taylor Lewan and Ty Sambrello only had about an hour notice that he was going to start at left tackle. Uh, they did it without Ferks or Michael Pruitt stepped up big and really this defense who played, you know, one of their worst games that they played together. Um, you know, obviously there's new faces this year, but um, the performance was definitely subpar. They play a similar quarterback in Russell Wilson who can move around, throw it deep like Kyler Murray did. And Shane Bowen seemed to have figured him out, especially as the game went on. Four of 12 on third down defense. The, the, Christian Fulton looks to be the guy that he was drafted to be. Um, you know, maybe CB1. I don't know. It's still pretty early in the season. But uh, what, what are your impressions on the defensive side of the ball, and especially with Christian Fulton? Yeah, no, for sure, Jack. I mean, I, I think Christian. Uh... That, I mean, I was trying to think of what from the first, what from week one and week two was consistent, either bad or good. Because, you know, I thought Todd Downing was bad in week one and good in week two. And uh, obviously Julio Jones. Although, I mean, I think a lot of the things on offense were just maybe incomplete because the offensive line was so bad. Then the offensive line this week, like you said, with those guys out, I mean, I thought Questenberry and Sombrello both did really well. But, the, I mean, I think Christian Fulton may be the most consistent thing player to player week one to week two and uh it's a long way to go and he's going to get humbled and and all that but that is a big time player that he was largely matched up against Sunday and he was right there I mean he was right there that late fade uh you can't you know he was he had a step on him Metcalf had a step on him but perfect technique punches up gets the ball out of there has the speed to recover on that play. There's a lot of promising things. Honestly, and one of the inconsistent things to me, even though he had some bad moments, but I thought Jenkins had a much better day. And you can see where he's going to be an upgrade. Is he going to be great? He's going to have some bad moments, no doubt. But he plays physical football, and he battles, and he still has pretty good speed as well. So, I mean, a lot of the defense – right now I think is promising obviously it's a big loss to have Amani Hooker out and I think you saw I mean Bradley McDougal had some tough moments that's that's going to be tough and we'll see at the slot I mean I you know Elijah Molden gets 
bench, I still think he's going to end up having that job. You know, still, still plenty to clean up, but so more, more good than bad for sure. Yeah, and you mentioned Fulton kind of doing his best on DK to lock him down. DK Metcalf, you don't see him frustrated like he was. I mean, he was he was they were playing after the whistle. They were jawing throughout the game. Fulton really seemed to get in his head. Um, uh, you know, another thing when we look at the offense, uh, they they started slow. They settled for three on the road far too often. You know, you get in the red zone, you got to score six in this league, especially in Seattle. With Todd Downing, you mentioned he, he had a better game. What what do you think of his play calls, not only on early downs, but throughout the game? A big criticism of his after the, the Cardinals' loss was not enough play action, um, very predictable run-run pass, um, you, you know, starts to the drives. How'd he mix it up in your eyes this week? Well, certainly, just, just the play action, I, I think he basically tripled it. I think that's right. I mean, I didn't count it up. I saw something, you know, I, I go on Twitter. I look pro football focus. What's your grade? Okay. That's stupid. All right. You know, I find <laughs> yeah. some other stats. Someone tweets out, you know, but, but, but someone like, like Fulton had like a 50. So I don't know what the hell they're doing over there. But anyway, um, I think it was like 15. Is that right? 15 play action. As opposed to five in week one, you're right. As opposed yes. to five week one. That's about what it should be. I mean, again, and I didn't like his answer last week. You know, it's like, well, yeah, when you're in second and long, you know, it's tough to play action. Well, then don't be in second long by play actually on first down. You know? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, you know, so, and I, so I didn't like the answer after the, the game. And I'm like, man, what is going on here? But they, they did what you should do. I, I don't care if Derrick Henry's rolling yet. Like the play action is going to work for this team. People are, are, are absolutely locked in on 22 and play action works. You know, teams that do play, you can do play action effectively as a team that doesn't run the ball well, you know? So I like, I liked that. I still think there was well, maybe a little heavy on the first down running, but I think the biggest thing for me, Jack was, was in the second half. And I really, the game winning drive, I thought that was a masterfully called drive. I love some of the stuff they did, especially, you know, hitting the pressure with that screen. We hadn't seen a screen all year. I mean, last year they kind of went away from the screen his teams were, were all over their screen game and that was really well uh, timed. And I just, I like, I just thought that the mixing it up that they did late in the game, especially, and, and just sticking with, with Henry then, I mean, you're down two touchdowns. I mean, I, I think that's what just shows you what Derrick Henry is like, you, Oh shoot. We need a big play to get back in the game. Yeah. That's yeah, hand off to Derrick Henry. That's probably as good a plan as anything that you're going to do. So I just thought it was a big bounce back um, overall, and it's still going to be a lot of scrutiny for him. It's a high standard to live up to following Arthur Smith, and then it's this abundance of riches where it's like if you have a bad offensive week, then why? Who screwed this up? You're going to start with him. But he needed that response after week one. Yeah, I, I loved the the reaction to, you know, you fall down by multiple scores, but you don't abandon the run. You you stay you stay the course with Derrick Henry because that when you do stay the course with Derrick Henry it opens up so many other things going back to the play action talk like it's it 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 does so much for the the offense and it and you don't lose your identity despite you know you don't get you know fidgety and be like oh crap we're down we got to start throwing the ball more like no they they stayed true to it and it and it really paid off for them now uh, Joe really the, the the main reason we had you on this podcast this week uh is because we need you to settle a debate uh jack and i have been right. bickering like an old married couple uh <laughs> back and forth uh the first part of this podcast oh there's my dog uh okay there's my dog again 
All right. Uh, she, look, she's she knows where I'm going with this, and she doesn't yeah, want. She, so yeah, is she on your side or Jack's side? That's well, that, that's that's to be determined yet. Hey, uh, <laughs> we've been bickering like an old married couple in the first half of this podcast because we keep going back and forth. We keep debating whether or not it was a good call for Mike Vrabel to not go for two after they scored the tying touchdown. Uh, I am, well, actually, I'm not even going to tell you uh, which side of the fence I am on. Just know that we are at odds and know that you are the deciding vote in this, okay? It's very important for uh, the health of our relationship. It has to be settled. Yeah. All right. Okay, fair enough. Well, I will say, first of all, a little bit disappointing. I don't have a strong, like, I'm not one way or the other, like, that's absolutely, like, I could see it. I get it if you were to do that. But to me, going for two, when you are controlling a game, and I understand that Bullock is, you know, he's the new kicker, but when you're controlling a game, I'd rather, you know, I mean, Bullock has missed one one kick at that point. He was pretty solid. I'd rather take the basically free point and keep controlling the game. Um, so, like, to me, it's like the go for two in that scenario is when you are an overmatched team and you're like, you know what, we got them where we want them. Their defense is toast. We got a great play, and I don't want to deal with these suckers anymore. Let's kill them right now. Yeah, right. So, so now again, I don't know. Did they have a, a, a two point play against that defense that they love? You know, maybe that changes the answer. But I would, I saw a lot of talk going into it about going for two, and I was like, if I would, I would just tie it. I would take the point and go. So, see, okay, that, that's fine. But Austin, <laughs> okay, so I now can see who our good one. Yeah. Joe, this is why I love you, Joe. This is why I love you. Where where I'm coming from on this is you accept the 10 second runoff, and you're right though. This does happen, you know, when, when a team that's not supposed to be in it late's in it late, and you want to just finish it there before it gets to OT because you know you don't feel like you have the edge going into the extra time. What I think may have influenced this decision is a couple of years ago the Titans were in London, yep. and Brable decided to go for two against the Chargers, didn't yep. get it, and the Titans lost. Do you think that maybe? influenced him in any way i mean i don't know maybe you know he's done he has done different things i don't know i i definitely thought of that i remembered that i don't know if like missing it there again to me it's just got to be based on that situation i could see at some point in the future Vrabel doing it yeah um but again like they were we, we talked earlier right like they were they were dominating the game the seahawks were were absolutely exhausted on defense and the titans were fresh on defense and getting stops and winning up front, you know? So, um, I mean, I still, I, I think you can also look at it and say, yeah, but it's Seattle in Seattle, Russell Wilson. Wouldn't you like to just not even have to just walk out? Um, so like, again, I don't, I'm not like no way, but yeah, I would drift toward what they did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously it's easy to say that because it worked for them. You know, right. if, if, uh, if Seattle drives down after getting the, the ball after the punt in overtime then you know then there's probably more arguing on behalf of that move yeah, yeah i just feel, no I, I i just love the idea of instead of putting the fate of the game into one play putting the fate of the game into what could be at least you know if you get the ball in overtime at least three plays you know potentially more defense uh, was playing well at that time yeah to move the ball downfield and to really kind of put the pressure on on them whereas you know if you if you throw one incomplete pass game's over you lose the game uh 
I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm more yeah. on the, you know, play the momentum card uh, more so than the put your throw. And, and I, I like the point that you made too. If you're mismatched, definitely. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not anti gopher two to end a game. I'm anti gopher two and end the game when you're controlling the game, the way the Titans were late. Um, now, Joe, the, I, I'm going to ask you a question that this, that, you know, we're talking to you on a Tuesday, this podcast drops on a Wednesday. Uh, by the time people listen to this throughout the week, this, this answer could already be answered for us. But Carson Wentz, looking ahead to the Colts, Carson Wentz, somehow, I mean, I'm not, I don't know why I'm saying somehow it's Carson Wentz. We should expect this, but he sprained both ankles. <laughs> like, I don't even know how that's, how that's possible. Like the gingerbread man getting both feet <laughs> eaten off. That is Carson Wentz this week. And I, first of all, I, my question to you is uh, how do you think he's moving around like the facility this week? Uh, like, is it, is he have like one of those, like, like a, like a wheelchair, maybe like a professor X, like scooter levitating thing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a nope, scooter. There you go. Uh, I, I don't know. So I, that's, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. That's my <laughs> first question. But then also, are we going to see Carson Wentz on Sunday? Gosh, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> uh, it is early in the week. You know, you, like tea leaves are saying no. Um, but man, I just, I can't imagine. Again, if, I, if I'm the Colts, I swear I'm like, line them up like a punter and just snap to them and let them stand there gingerly. And, and I, I would take that over anything Jacob Eason might do on the field. <laughs> you know? I, now they I mean, they do have they do have Brett Hundley on their uh, practice squad. So uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's an a, that's, <laughs> he, he is a professional football player. So <laughs> yeah, I I mean and 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 the thing is, it would be very Titans Colts for like Jacob Eason to come in and win. Oh you know? my god! Yep. Like it would be. I mean, it would be very on brand for how <laughs> this rivalry has gone. But uh, I don't know it doesn't sound good. I still though have this. I just it just seems like one of those things where all of a sudden, oh, Thursday, okay, Carson's starting to feel a little better again. To me, if he's fifty percent, sixty percent, if I'm the Colts, I understand that now you may be jeopardizing future weeks, but you have to win this game. Yeah. And I actually think Indy with Carson Wentz, from what I've seen of him, I think he's played pretty well. I think he looks pretty good in that offense. Um, the big problem with him is. Like, like you guys said, I mean, he's just, he's fragile, but uh, I don't know, man. I, 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 if I'm going to guess right now, I'm going to guess that he finds a way to get on that field, even though things are very much, they, they sound bad. Yeah. Calling him fragile is kind of like a compliment because like yeah. precious <laughs> moments, precious moments dolls think Carson Wentz is fragile. <laughs> like, yes, like, that is a way understated yeah. word for him. Like I, it, I mean, who knows? Like I hear I'm saying like, oh, a decision may be made on Carson Wentz, you know, by the time people actually listen to this. Uh, Carson Wentz may actually hurt himself again by the time people actually listen to this. <laughs> He may be through an entire rehab and then re-injured. Yeah, right, right. They sprained his third ankle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right, 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 right. Reserve ankles also sprained. <laughs> hey, Joe, um, we we have something in common, uh, you and you and us. Um, that is our <laughs> that is our love for Nick Westbrook Akine. Um, <laughs> we two catches, sixteen yards on the season. I mean, a guy a lot of people didn't know was going to make the roster from from the from the get go this off season, but. Um, what, what are your thoughts on NWI? And do you think you're a bigger NWI supporter than we are? 
And be careful with that second answer. Because you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, look, I, I, all I know is I have a nice Nick Westbrook Aquina pin. That, that, I that, saw that they got Austin's, that for you. Austin Stanley got me. So, well, for, for a quick background for me, you know, because some of these ass wipes on the beat keep trying to like twist my words. So I need to, uh, you know, I need to uh, defend myself. So I wrote a piece about Westbrook Aquina because a source told me in the off season, right after they signed Reynolds, that they really liked him. Like they're actually excited about him. They think he can step in and, and help them. So I wrote a piece about him and about that after they'd signed Reynolds to be receiver too. And in the piece, I said, they also, they need to draft high. They need to re- they need to draft wide receiver two high. That needs to be their draft pick. And then you have Reynolds and then Westbrook Aquino. And at, at that point, I actually wrote about Marcus Johnson too, who was mentioned to me and not knowing that Chester Rogers also was going to be this, you know, yeah. like, like kind of a camp surprise. But uh, so now every time what, I mean, like Westbrook Aquino got a roughing, what does everybody in the press box have do? They look at me. Uh, what am I? What am I as an agent? You know? Uh, but of course, they all said, like, I, I wrote that he's going to be wide receiver too, which was is idiotic because obviously Reynolds at that point was with more to come. But anyway, uh, yes. And then, of course, my answer in the press box was, well, he doesn't know his own speed or strength. And so that's yeah, why he's yeah. roughing. So he's he's that too elite of an athlete for you to expect him to not get penalties like that sometimes. Right. So and that ref probably <laughs> went right. to Purdue, you know, like he, <laughs> he was right. out it to get the old oaken bucket, man. Those people get very, very emotional. So yeah, it's uh, well that's good. That's good to know that you guys are such big NWI fans too. So yeah. We nice. I I mean what somebody community people in the streets. Uh, say we are the biggest uh and then you know and then and then we hear murmurs and rumblings around town that uh oh joe rex road also an nwi fan which don't get us wrong we're we're happy to have other uh nwi fans amongst our presence <laughs> but then people were saying oh no he's the biggest nwi fan that's where we drew the line and then we said oh hell no oh mm-hmm. this is you know we're ready to we're ready to rumble ready to throw down in the streets if we need to i NWI... wouldn't i would make that claim but but let's uh, we're all in the same you know counterculture so you know let's just enjoy that and be a community okay NWI I, community i do yeah. i do like the uh i do like the he doesn't know his own speed and strength uh, line because we look when when the roughing the uh, the punter penalty uh, happened, we we too also got a lot of tweets directed our way. <laughs> yeah. Said, "Hey, Ed, tighten up, pod, come get your some get your man." You know, like, it, "Oh, it is this the NWI?" Like, it felt like the internet was staring at us. Not, it, not yeah, the, <laughs> right, right. So we'll just have to now use that line uh, next time it happens. Well, it's not going to happen again. You know, NWI makes a mistake once. He'll maybe. walk it next time. Once, yeah. one yeah. time, right? But that he does not make a mistake twice. Exactly, so. exactly. And you know, next time he goes for nine for like one twenty and two touches. No, we'll we'll handle it casually. We won't, you know, no need to talk too much trash. But because you know, that's the kind of humility is sort of what he is teaching the world, and we are learning from NWI. So. The world is better with NWI <laughs> in it, no doubt about it. That's right. Uh, now, Joe, we would be remiss if before we let you go, we didn't ask you: um, Is Randy Bullock the guy? Oh like, yeah, that, it's true. Statue question. That, like, a, like, should we start investing in Randy Bullock jerseys? Well, I think you should do that anyway. I mean, <laughs> I mean he's he's no Sam Sloman. I mean, he made some big kicks on on you know last Sunday, but yeah, Sam Sloman still reigns supreme in my eyes. Sam Sloman still won the division, so you've got to That's rank right. him ahead of him. Uh, 
But I, I mean, I will give Randy Bullock credit for being the most nondescript NFL player I've ever seen when we walked into his presser. You know? I thought, like, you know, I thought he was there, to, like, fold up the chairs. And he's like, no, he's going up there to talk to us. Oh, okay. Um, You're like, this he, is an NFL. Uh, this is what peak performance looks like in the male body. Yeah, that's right. I was like, hey, I, I was going to get some nachos. You want to share them? And after the press. <laughs> uh, but I will say that it'll be interesting. Like, if he stay, if he keeps, you know, like, if let's say, say he has a perfect week and another and then Ficken gets healthy you know what do the Titans do I don't know I would I would imagine that it would have to be damn near perfect for him to keep this job like really? okay I, I just because I think that they saw quite a bit of Ficken to feel pretty good about him now the problem there is okay well he's coming off an injury now and we know what happened when suck up came back yeah. too fast and they didn't and, think he was good anymore and, and Goskowski week one of last season coming off an injury as well I mean, right. So, so you don't want to overreact, but at this point, Bullock's track record and what Ficken, you know, Ficken was pretty good last year for the Jets and what he was doing here. I would think that Bullock would have to be off. Like, like, I don't even know that like three for four and then another three for four would be enough for him, which is an awful lot of pressure for a guy, you know, yeah, right, but that's, right. that's the reality of trying to stay in the league. I mean, it's a 17. Sam Ficken's probably like, hey, if you guys, if you guys want to rush me back from an injury and then cut me, that's fine because that means the in like a year or two I'll be winning a Super Bowl. So, <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, go ahead, go right ahead. I'll I'll bite the bullet now. Um, all right. Well, hey, Joe. First, th- thanks so much for for taking the time to join us today, man. We appreciate it. Uh, always love having you on. We need to get you on. Uh, uh, more frequently, uh, but not too frequently because I, I can only handle so many moves in a year. Um, I don't want to keep. Maybe after NWI's first touchdown, we get him back on. Oh, now that's oh. it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we must reunite for, yeah. I mean, we got to have like at least monthly meetings of the fan club anyway. Right. So <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. We'll, we'll have a, uh, <laughs> well, we'll the crack NWI open some beers and celebration together. There we go. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for having me guys. It was a blast. All right. Thanks, thanks Joe. Joe. All right. See you guys. See ya. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. First of all, love freaking Joe Rex Road. We need to get him on more than we do. He is always so much fun. Uh, really great. Uh, one NWI guy and any NWI guys is good with us, right? Oh, d- join the NWI fan club. All right. If you, what should we call ourselves? Oh man. Um the NWI. You know, if you rearrange the letters of NWI, it spells win. Win. Oh my god. Yes. Uh should we just be called the winners? The NWIers doesn't have the same ring. We'll think about it. Let's th- let's think about it and then we'll 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 test it with the Twitter community and they'll always respond. Okay. I like my my leader in the clubhouse right now is 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 uh the winners i like the winners but you have to capitalize but, all three wi yeah. yeah and you got to like know what it means to be a win like like people will be like what are what are the winners and yeah like, and, and don't get any ideas people who are listening to this podcast because we do all nwi tweets so do not take those from us right we, also shout out to, <laughs> shout out to the <laughs> shout out to our tuppers out there uh there were a couple of you uh who tweeted at tighten up pod on twitter after the roughing the 
punter penalty. First of all, that was another bad call by the refs. Everyone, that makes, been, a, everyone makes one mistake. That yeah. was running into the kicker. That was not roughing, okay? What are the Titans without second chances anyways? Come if on, Nick guys. Westbrook Akine wanted to rough a punter, that punter... The punter would be dead, buried we, in the ground. We'd be having memorial services uh, and, and visitation at funeral homes for that punter today in the Seattle area, okay? If that, be lucky that NWI didn't rough your punter. Right. He, that was running into. If you want to see NWI rough a punter, you will not see that punter pass that game. Okay? Let's just make that be clear. Let's get one right? thing straight. Yeah. Cons- like yeah. That. Consider that a threat from the winners. How's that sound? <laughs> that sound pretty good. I, winners I club. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like winners. I think uh, we're onto something. Yeah. Well, look, if you got, look, we'll take name suggestions at Tighten Up Pod if you got a name for our NWI uh, fan club. Hey, um, speaking of winners, let's talk about winners, the Colts. Yeah, speaking of <laughs> just kidding, they're losers. They're all <laughs> oh my gosh. First of all, Jack, not only did you hit us with the sea chickens to start the podcast, but now you're hitting the Colts with a loser's blast. You are on fire, my friend. Did the, I did the psych out, the fake out that got yeah, the Colts you said, to, to you be said, called uh, losers? Uh, uh, psych, boom, you're a loser. Got him. Sick burn right there. Thanks. Uh, and look, not that not that we not that Carson Wentz needs a burn. Dude gets injured enough on his own um, without. He may get burned this week. Jack's second degree burns that he's handing out. But Carson Wentz, guys. Um, so as a, as we're recording this on Tuesday night, he is questionable for Sunday. He, he is he he was not at practice today. Uh, apparently, they're going to try and test him out on Wednesday. Uh, so the day this podcast drops, they're going to try and test him out to see if he can go. They'll, they'll have more information as the week goes on. I think kind of like what Joe said, I think, uh, we'll see. It, it may be like a Thursday to Saturday thing where it's like, you know, we, we, we determine if or not, he's whether to go, but let's, let's just laugh right now at the fact that Carson Wentz, <laughs> we got to be careful because we can't laugh at injuries because those always come back to bite that, the Titans and, in car. Thank you. I'm actually glad you said that. that. That's very important to note because look, it's not funny to laugh at any team that gets injuries because an injury can, a single injury can derail a season. God forbid anything happened to Derrick Henry. It would be, this Titan season would look incredibly different than it does where we stand right now. Okay. So it you should never laugh at another team for having injuries. With that said, the Indianapolis Colts injury situation is so funny because they literally signed the the quarterback who is known more for injuries than he is for throwing a football. Okay, this guy is is is, uh, and I've said it before. If Pete Wentz is the head man for Fallout Boy, then Carson Wentz is the head man for Ruled Out Boy. All right, this dude <laughs> gets injured more than anyone I've ever seen in my entire life. Mr. Bill from the old SNL skits, the old claymation guy, got injured from Mr. Hand less than Carson Wentz gets injured from NFL defenses. All right, this dude, it, it it's absurd. I, let me, real quick, let me just run down this real quick. All right, I went over this on the, the Junk Drawer podcast with Cork Bats earlier this week. I've, I, I gave this hit on The Zone uh, a couple weeks ago. Carson Wentz's injury, okay? First of all, there are certain things you need to come to know when it comes to quarterbacks in the NFL, all right? If, if you're Jets quarterback, you're going to suck, all right? Yeah. That just no, comes there's the really no middle ground there at all. There's no middle ground. If you're Carson Wentz, you're gonna get injured. All right, that's that. You just got to come to know that. 
This is a guy who has had a torn ACL and LCL, a stress fracture in his back, a rib hairline fracture, and a broken wrist in 2015. All right. Oh. Since 2015, those are that's his injury rap sheet, right? It's longer than a CVS receipt. This dude gets operated on so much, I'm, I'm surprised his nose doesn't light up red. Zing! <laughs> Let's go. Let's keep it going. In the Eagles' one and only Super Bowl winning season, Carson Wentz was hurt for it, all right? He had to sit out and watch Nick Foles win the Super Bowl because he was injured, all right? And a statue was built and a st- of Nick Foles, <laughs> his backup, after well, having an MVP caliber of, like, a 12-week season for Carson Wentz. Yeah, they little do they uh, little do people know they actually built a, a statue of Carson Wentz that, that season, too, but it already broke. Uh, in, <laughs> in the Eagles' one and only Super Bowl-winning season, uh, I already said that, in his 2019 MVP caliber season, all right, dude was good enough to win the MVP in 2019. I think we can all agree there. He suffers a concussion in the wild card game, all right? Even last year, in a season where he plays the, the first season of his career where he goes game one to game 16 without getting injured. He didn't, he did not suffer any sort of injury. He still lost his starting job in week 12 to a guy named hurts, a guy named hurts. <laughs> like you can't make this stuff up. All right. So nobody should be surprised when Carson Wentz gets injured and sure enough, there he was after getting shovel passes intercepted on Sunday. All right. Which is a true thing that happened. He loves doing that too. He uh, loves doing that. I hope it's, he does. I hope he lets one fly against the Titans. If he yeah, plays. right. If, if anything, I hope he's healthy on Sunday just so we can get an interception on a shovel pass. Cause those are hilarious. All right. Carson Wentz. And also they had first and goal on the one yard line. They ended up turning the ball over on downs. <laughs> and give the ball to the Rams on the nine-yard line. He got sacked on fourth and goal from, like, the one. Talk about the Titans' red zone struggles. At least they're kicking field goals. Right, at least. The Colts can't even get to fourth down. Yeah, fat Randy's getting to kick some. Meanwhile, skinny Rodrigo's just sitting on the sidelines playing (laughs) Tetris on his TI-83 calculator or something. Uh, What a nerd that dude is. That guy's definitely good at Tetris. Totally, yeah. He's probably playing, like, drug wars on his (laughs) TI-83. He's like, I, do you guys need me to install it on yours? And they're like, no, Rodrigo. No one, none of us have a TI-83 calculator on the sidelines. This is an NFL game. He's like, well, he's got an iPad. Do you want me to install it on there? <laughs> they're like, Dude, Rodrigo. Rodrigo, stop. he's watching football on the iPad. Right. He's not playing video games. Yeah, and it's a Microsoft Surface, not an iPad. You of all people should know that. Damn it, Rodrigo. <laughs> Leave us alone. Uh, so Carson Wentz, he gets injured. And the funniest thing about Carson Wentz getting injured, and again, injuries are not funny. But there is a funny aspect to this injury is the fact that he injured and it came out on Monday. He sprained both of his ankles. The Lord God above has blessed every most humans with two ankles and Carson went sprained both of them. Can you, you imagine about- how bad that hurts? And I, I can't poke fun over here because I literally had meniscus surgery on Friday. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. I can't walk hardly at all. Yeah, Jack, but it's more, funny, Jack. it's more funny. It's more funny to not know that I did that and still make fun of this glass man, Carson Wentz. Yeah, no, Jack is playing this entire week injured, uh, doing the podcast injured. So everyone pour one out for uh, Jack. I gave up my knee so no Titan had to do it. Well, besides and Taylor I appreciate Lawrence. you doing that. That's the that's the kind of commitment that you will get from the Titan Up podcast. And look, I don't see the F-word pods do, giving up their meniscus. No, they're too afraid. The their meniscuses are too strong for to, to give up. Selfish. Right. Yeah. Um, but 
Uh, on this Carson Wentz thing, Carson Wentz, the game was on the line. The Colts had the ball back with a chance to win late. That's true. And Carson Wentz wa- wa- was too banged up to go back in. Jacob Eason went in through a pick on his first pass. Jacob Eason. I'm seriously, I, I don't believe, I'm on the uh, I'm on the side of the fence where Carson Wentz, I don't think he's going to play this week. I, I I don't think he is. I Even though it is a divisional game, the Colts are winless right now. To potentially lose him for the, you know, to, to re-aggravate something or make something worse, I don't know if it's worth it in week three of a 17-game season now because this is week two in, in, in the 16 game. So week two last year, you've already got a guy this banged up. You want to let him go against the Titans, a division rival, a game that you know is going to be nasty and physical. Right. I, and if he can go, they they will play him, even if he's at 60%. I, I fully believe that. But I just don't think he's going to play this week. He couldn't go in last week with the game on the line. Now you give him, what, just just six days to heal for the Titans? Yeah. And I mean, sprained ankles don't heal in six days. I don't know if you've ever had one. I'm sure you have because you were a running back in your past life. Yeah, not to brag. <laughs> those don't heal quickly. They, no, they take time. They do. They do. And look, Carson Wentz, like, if you consider the start of training camp to now, Carson Wentz has been a Indianapolis Colt for what, like eight weeks? Like, he's been suiting up as an Indianapolis Colt a for like A few months at weeks. most, yeah. Okay. Obviously, he signed well before that, but I'm saying like of actually playing in a Colts uniform in practice or in games, been about eight weeks. In that time, he has injured his foot three times. Three times, okay? He's had the foot surgery. He had, uh, the, you know, that whatever the thing that Quentin Nelson also got, he Luke had that. Frank, yeah. And then he sprains both ankles. <laughs> and you made the great joke during the Joe Rexroad inter- interview where it's like, like, I wouldn't be surprised if this dude ends up spraining a third ankle at somehow. He'll grow know. one and he'll sprain it. He look, he will he would be the only person in human history to sprain three ankles at one time. All right. That's how injury prone this dude is. So, but you're right. Like, I if, if the Colts don't go with Carson Wentz, they're probably going Jacob Eason, or they have Brett Brett Hunley on uh their practice squad, who they may sign. I mean, they're going to have to sign him regardless. If, if Wentz can't go, he's got to be promoted. I, he's got it right. He's got to be on the roster. They had Ellinger in the preseason, but he went down with a severe injury. He's missing a lot of time, so I don't know that he cracked the the practice squad. Even he may be on pup, but I don't I don't know that he's going to return this year. So I don't know. He's he's out of the equation either way. Right. So they're down to Eason and Hundley. But it has to be Eason's job. I mean, they drafted this guy in the in the mid rounds a couple of years ago. Uh, even don't, if don't you have to let him try. I, if you're the Colts, I mean, like you, you can't literally wheel Carson Wentz back out on that field uh, because not just for the rest of this season. Obviously, if you fall in an 0-3 hole, we know that's bad. I don't know what the different. I know how important falling in an 0-2 hole in a 16-game season was. I, I assume it's the same thing for an 0-3 hole in a 17-game season. Obviously, we don't know yet. This is the falling first. in an 0-2 hole in a 16-game season? You have a 10% chance to make the playoffs. Right. So, so that was that was huge. Now it it is a 17 game s- schedule, so like that's probably different. That those numbers are skewed just a little bit now, uh, but I imagine that's what an 03 hole is for a 17 game schedule. So it is important for that the Colts don't lose this week. But for me, if like thinking long term, not just for this season, but for future seasons to come, you can't keep wheeling Carson Wentz out there. The dude literally gonna- wheeling him out there. Yeah, it's literally in a wheelchair. You can't keep doing, like being like, "Hey, dude, go go play." 
You know, it's like how like they keep bringing back Kenny from South Park in every episode and he keeps <laughs> dying. You can't do that with Carson. Like at some point, his legs are just going to fall off. Like they're just going to just pop off. And then you're, what are you going to do then? You're going to have to go back and sign your fourth franchise quarterback in four seasons. No, the Colts are in between in between a rock and a hard spot. And Easton was drafted in the fourth round of 2020. They're going to have to spend a high draft pick on a quarterback sometime soon in the coming years. Just Carson Wentz is not a long-term answer, no matter what, just looking at his health history and, and what's already happened this year. The Titans, their defense has to really, really make it hard on him. What is a stationary quarterback's worst nightmare? A solid pass rush. Get to the quarterback, Danico Autry. Former Colt will be playing motivated. He had a sack and a half this week against Seattle. Expect him to be active back there. I hope Bud Dupree gets a little active back there. Big Jeff may blow up things in the run game with Jonathan Taylor. This is a really crucial week for not only the front four, but but also some of those linebackers, maybe maybe Elijah Molden on a blitz. Somebody comes in. you got to make it hard on Wentz, and you've got to get him moving because if he plays, he's not going to be able to do a whole lot of that. So. Yeah. I look at the Titans having a big, big advantage, especially this game being at home. You know, Eric Fisher, their left tackle, who they signed from the Chiefs, who had an Achilles injury in the playoffs last year. He suited up for the first time this past week. Quentin Nelson still dealing with that Liz Frank that Carson Wentz initially suffered at the same time as him, like just, I believe, a day before. Um, Nelson didn't practice until Friday, so he's still banged up. I mean, this is a Colts O-line that is weak, that is new, that is – uh, that doesn't have a ton of chemistry with a quarterback who can't get around. This is the time for the Titans defense to buzz. And man, would that be a huge confidence boost to beat the Colts in week three and kind of have that hanging over their heads for the rest of the season. You know, that the Titans have already got you once they get you again, your playoff shots are as, as good as dead. Uh, yeah. Their, their playoff hopes are, <laughs> are, are like Carson Wentz's ankles right now. <laughs> All right. If they don't, if they don't win on Sunday, so uh, they need a doctor. Titans, you've got your, you've got your foot on their throat right now. Just step, just put your weight on it and step, and uh, and and really just finish the job because an zero and three Colts team is going to be hard pressed to not just win the division, but uh, but the to playoffs to 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 really, I mean, right, even even run the full season with Carson Wentz if things get so out of hand. I mean, which they're not. They're only two weeks in, but. They could just turn it over to Easton to see what he has. I mean, that's for later in the season. Obviously, the Colts sure. are in a tough place, and they're going to play desperate. They're going to play very desperate on Sunday. The Titans have to come prepared, um, like I know they will. Right. They, this is a team the Titans do not have success against. And know. like Joe said, that like literally, you can't count anything out in a Colts Titans matchup. Nope, not at crazy all. things can happen. The Colts, the Colts have had the Titans number. Obviously, the Titans have kind of gotten over that a little bit. Um, but now it's time to literally put your foot on their throat and put and 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 prove that this rivalry is now shifting hands. Like mm-hmm. the the dominance in this rivalry is is flipped south. The, the uh, tides to, have turned. Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was nice. I was like a like a. It sounded like an author. The tides <laughs> have turned Indianapolis, or like they do like from the NFL films. Uh, what is it, Facinda or whatever his name is? I don't know his name. The tides have turned to Nashville, Tennessee, off the banks of the Cumberland River in Nissan Stadium. Looks like there's a new leader in town. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it's really not bad, honestly. I mean, I've heard worse. That yeah. was that was a solid NFL films impression. 
No, thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, hey, let's uh, remember the Titan on the way out the door. Uh, do you want me to go first? Or do you want to go first? I want you to go first. Okay. All right. All right. Look, we talked, we spent a good chunk of this podcast talking about Michael Pruitt. All right. Tight end who really brought the energy, who just made a name for himself on Sunday, played really well. In honor of Michael Pruitt, I'm going with Michael Philip Roan, <laughs> former Tennessee Titan tight end, which you got to love tight ends who play for the tight tens. Uh, he played in the, he played six seasons for the Oilers slash Titans. He was uh, actually, I don't have, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I'm, I'm actually kind of glad you made me go first. Cause I don't have a ton of information on him. Just the fact that he played 86 games in the NFL Started 19 of them, all right? 45 catches for 405 yards and four touchdowns. It's a lot of fours. Uh, he, oh, he, and he was picked in the fourth round, 101st overall in the 1990 what draft? Four. No, five. Uh. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he went uh, he went to Wisconsin uh, as the on Wisconsin. Go Badgers, I guess. I don't know. Jump around. Uh, he was the head varsity coach at El Molino High School until 2011, uh, where he did bring his team to the playoffs when he passed the job on to JV coach Matt Transu. I honestly, okay. I, and this is pulled straight from his Wikipedia page. I don't, who is adding these tidbits? <laughs> like, why do people think that is the thing you want to know about Michael Rohn's career? <laughs> like this dude played in the NFL for, for many years. Okay. 19 started games, 86 games total. And you think that like the thing you want to add is literally his, his Wikipedia page is a paragraph long. Okay. And one of the sentences in that paragraph is, he was the head varsity coach at El Molino High School until 21, 2011, where he brought his team to the playoffs when he passed the job on to JV coach Matt Transu. Did Matt Transu make that edit on his Wikipedia page? There Why seems would, to be yeah, some, some collusion on his Wikipedia. I don't know why. And then the very next sentence, he is currently the PE teacher and athletic director at El Molino High School in Forestville, California. Living the dream as a PE teacher. This is the most advertising that El Molino High School has ever gotten. It's just on the two sentences on Michael Philip Rohn's <laughs> Wikipedia page. Why? I, I'm just floored. I am floored at whoever runs Michael's Wikipedia page that two of the four sentences on his Wikipedia page are dedicated to his, his time coaching and being the PE teacher and athletic director at this high school. Can we not talk a little bit about how he played for the Titans? Like not even at all. I don't even know what teams he played for in the NFL. Oh no, actually I do. Yeah. Just he was with the, <laughs> he was with the Titans all five years, but it's like, job during remember the Titans to know the teams he played for. No, I know. I know the teams he played for. I thought it did. It, it didn't listen, but it does. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Michael Phillip Rohn. I think, look, he was a big white dude. Um, Number 80, I want to say, for the Titans. Yes, number 80, played for the Titans. And uh, he was, people say that Michael Phillip Roan walked so Frank Wycheck could run. People say that. 
People, people that people have been saying that for years. Jack. Human I'm beings that are alive today say say those words. Multiple, yeah. Multiple, okay, all right. Yeah. I believe. Look, I believe you. Many of them. Doubly sourced. Many of them. <laughs> <laughs> and and if they and if they're not, then they should honestly. Michael roaned, so Frank Wycheck could walk. I'll allow it, Austin. I'll. No, no, no. Wait, Michael roaned, so Frank Wycheck could run. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Michael Wycheck uh, <laughs> could run. Anyway, go on. Go it's on. good though. I like Michael Rowan. I, I like when we like work out our jokes like while we're, during while we're the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so my remember the Titan hits a little closer to home this week. Uh, plays for the Seahawks. He actually was very busy on Sunday. Uh, I'm sorry. He plays for the who? The Sea Chickens. Nice. The Sea Chickens. But he was drafted in the fourth round by the Rams in the 2010 NFL draft. He spent three seasons with the Titans, uh, 2014, 15, and 16. Started in 17 games in those three seasons at nose tackle. And if you were watching the game on Sunday, you saw him a handful of times disrupting uh, the backfield. He had a sack. Um, his name is Al Joseph Woods. Al Woods. Yes. Big dog from LSU. He spent 11 years in the NFL. He was wearing number 93 on Sunday, if that helps. But um, Al Woods, I think he had seven tackles against the Titans, five solo, one tackle for loss, um, one quarterback hit, obviously that coming in the form of a sack. But the Titans had him, okay? March 12th, 2014, they said, you know what? The Steelers, they just released Al Woods. It's his second stint in Pittsburgh. But they've obviously liked him enough to bring him back a couple times. Let's see what he has. So the Titans bring him in. And he, in his three seasons, he sacks one quarterback. Okay, one quarterback sack in three seasons. That quarterback was, you get one guess, happened in 2014. Is it Zach Manberger? No, uh, he played for the time. They were on the same team. Oh, uh, the, oh the quarterback, he got his sack again. Yes, yes. Um, is it still Zach Manberger? <laughs> no, it's not. It's Geno Smith, of all people. He oh, sacked, wow, Geno. He sacked so Geno Smith. In a 14-11 loss. Still in the green room from the NFL draft. I feel like he, <laughs> I feel like he's, he still has not been drafted. I want to say he's the backup for the Seahawks now. So that kind of is comes he? full circle. I believe he is. Um, but anyways, wow. Titans got rid of him on March 8, 2017. So almost three full years with the team. Three full seasons with the Titans, though, which after he was let go by the Titans, of course, he goes to Indianapolis, starts all 16 games, career high in tackles, and gets a sack. Um, so he, you know, he got busy in Indy. They eventually let him go the following season where he goes back to Seattle, uh, got suspended for a few, for four games. He violated, uh, he was on the roids a little in Seattle and, uh, got four game suspension there. Um, then he goes to the Jags in 2020, because I mean, when you're at rock bottom, where do you go? Jacksonville, <laughs> uh, signs a one year, 2.75 deal with them. And he opted out of the season. So take that Jacksonville. He didn't even play for you. And then now, obviously, he comes back to the Seahawks for his third stint with Seattle, signed a one-year $3 million deal, a $3 million deal, and sacked Ryan Tannehill on Sunday one time. All right. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that last part. Um, do you know uh, – uh, I, you know, honestly, that's not enough uh, information about uh, – You need more uh, on Al Woods? Any high schools that he coaches at, uh, for my liking. No, uh, real quick <laughs> – I'm glad you brought up Al Woods. I've got a real quick power ranking of my all-time, my top five uh, Woods all-time. Oh, I like this. Okay. 
You ready? Fire. Number one, Brent. Okay. Brent Wood. Good one. Number two, Al, because he was a Titan at Al one point. Was, at one point, yeah. We have to forgive him for his past transgressions. Number three, Enchanted. In the Enchanted Woods. Yeah, people forget him, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. A lot of magic in those places. Yeah. Sometimes find a unicorn. Number four, Robert. Good he receiver. Was, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It was Not for the Titans, though. Oh, fantasy. Fantasy, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did Robert Woods play for the Titans? No. Yeah, I was going to say. If, okay. they, if he did, they would have never let him go. Okay, yeah. And he probably wouldn't have been great. No, they, <laughs> because... they decided to get the other Ram, Josh Reynolds, who has so far on the season committed one false start, and that is his. That is the end of his line right. of production. And number five, I'm actually going to leave blank. And in fact, actually, the next 347 slots, I'm going to leave blank. And the last, <laughs> coming in dead last on my power rankings of Woods, Ravenwood. Ravenwood. Yeah. G2 bar. Great to be a Ravenwood Raptor. That's not something that you say around your house. G I'm sorry. What the hell did you just say? G2 bar? That's what they say. That's their thing. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They're the worst. They are the absolute worst. No, that's, I, that's a that's a full-on hashtag, my friend. I haven't been in high school in over a decade. Actually, I'm much longer than that. Seven years removed. From high school? From high school. Damn, you were so young, dude. Jeez. Yeah, to have your youthful exuberance. You're talking You're talking to a guy with arthritis in his knee at the age of 25. That actually uh, not is that young. young. No, yeah, you're not that young. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. You did age like 47 years in the last week. Mm -hmm. um, and not just because of that Titans game, am I right? Marcus Mariota and <laughs> myself aged very similarly. Yeah. Did you see Marcus at the hospital while you were getting operated on? No, no. See, he was in the quad section. I was in the knee uh, section. Gotcha. Did you happen to see Carson Wentz? Because I'm sure he was in both sections. <laughs> Just jumping back and forth. Carson Wentz, yeah, he, he was just running around from section to section. They didn't know what was wrong with him. They, uh, he couldn't pick a section that he wanted to stay in. It seemed like every time he got up to go to a different section, a new injury would occur. Yeah, no, that's true. That's what they say. Uh, all right, uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, listen, follow at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter. Follow at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. Um, I don't want to toot my own horn here. We went through the entire Sunday, talked about all of the reasons why the Titans won and what we liked about it. N neither of us brought up the fact that I wore my Steve McNair jersey for the it's first time. Good point. Time and week. I think that that's a big reason why they won. I told it's you, you can't, brand, you can't not wear it again. A brand new, brand new design, but Steve McNair jersey, it might be one of my favorite purchases of all time. And I wore it to the bar on Sunday, watched the Titans win. It was phenomenal. The Titans are now 1-0 and with my Steven Air jersey. I, look, I'm not trying to jinx it. I don't think you can jinx it, all right? I don't know if the You think it's unjinxable? No, well, I, I, no, I'm just saying. I, I don't think, like, I think just I feel good wearing this jersey and look good, feel good, play good, all right? I Even if the Titans lose on Sunday with me wearing this jersey, I will still respect the hell out of this jersey because I yeah. that's how hype I am. It's a nice jersey. I'm glad you you called me in to um to watch the first time you put it on. I thought that That's was very, right. yeah. a very sentimental yeah. we, moment for us. We dropped that we dropped that video on Sunday, right before the game. So um you can go check that out on our uh Twitter or our Instagram. Um also follow Jack on Twitter at Jack A Gentry. Guys, follow him for this reason and this reason alone. My man had knee surgery last week. He's no, pretty, I don't want those pity follows. No, I don't want them. Yeah, guys, be gone, right. pity followers. No, now you now you definitely need to pity follow him. P 
pity follow Jack Gentry. All right. You'll be better for it. Your timeline will be better for it. Uh, go give him a pity follow because look, I feel bad for him. The dude played injured this week. You probably didn't even notice, or maybe you did. Maybe you're like, man, those guys sound like they're my both. weekend plans are ruined. I have nothing to do, but tweet on the weekends now. So yeah. I'm your football tweeter. Go follow Jack a Gentry on Twitter. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. Uh, we just like to have fun with the Titans guys. We don't, we don't take them. We, we, Look, we're fans to the end, of, like to the nth degree. I think that much has been made clear. But we also we like to have fun with the Titans, as it should be. It should be fun. We like to not take everything so seriously, and uh, we hope you enjoy uh, this little podcast that we do each week. Uh, subscribe, hit that subscribe button, rate, review, uh, give if if you can. If you got like 15 seconds to spare, that's literally how long it takes. Uh, you can do it on your iPhone. If Just you've scroll. listened this deep in the episode and you haven't reviewed the podcast yet, uh, you could save that, 15 seconds towards the back end. Here. That, right. There, that there's, some, the, there's some 15 second conversations on the uh, towards the end of this podcast yeah, yeah. where you could just leave and do your review. Right. We you know, go. Off, sometimes that may be the better option. We go off the rails this deep into the podcast every single <laughs> week. So it's like you could spend that time of us going off the rails to just go and like on your phone, you just scroll down to the very bottom. There's a little like rate review and comment there. Give us five stars. But then in the comment section, with the rating, just say four and a half stars to uh, the Tighten Up Idiots and 0.5 stars to Buck. Buck Slander has to be in the review. Because we, look, we share the podcast feed with Buck. And so we just need Buck to know that. Yeah, look, but only there's only one seat at the king of the table, Austin. You know, that's right. That's true. Well, well we're going to have to squeeze in it, the two of us, but uh, I think look, we can. We, we've got, we're good in tight spaces. Uh, yeah. In fact, actually, let me, let me, rephrase that we don't share a a feed with with buck buck shares it with us with us yeah, that's right that's, that's yeah. exactly that's, that's how i remember them telling us that when we first got this podcast follow at a to z sports on all things uh social media guys football season's here i don't know why if you're not already following a to z sports i don't know why you're not uh you need you need the best coverage in the mid-state and a to z gives it to you so uh, be following that. You can follow uh, and, and you can stay up to date with this podcast and many more. Uh, Jack, you got anything for the road? Big win week two. You got to find a way to come down from an emotional high to, to get right against a divisional rival you've had trouble with for the last 10 years. I think the Titans get it done. I, th I think they do. And I think we see a really a big step forward by the front seven of the Titans defense. That's my prediction. The Titans win in, uh, you know, Rather convincing fashion, two touchdowns. Oh wow, wow! Yeah, Owen Wilson. Wow, uh, that's incredible, Jack. Okay, uh, look, if you're going to Nissan Stadium this Sunday, be hella loud. Not just for you, but for us. Okay. Obviously, there are some of us on this podcast that can't make it there on Sunday, and by some of us, I mean both of us. One of us is in Chicago. The other one of us has knees worse than Carson Wentz. So. Mm -hmm like be loud for us. Okay. And if you happen to see Taylor Lewan in pregame warmups, tell him to take it easy this week. All right. Tell him to just chill <laughs> out. All right. They're pregame warmups. All right. They're warmups. They're not like, just tell him to just be like, Hey Taylor, let's tap the brakes a little bit, bud. All right. Let's not go zero to 60 right out the gate. Okay. Take it easy. Save that for the field. Start with some jumping jacks, you right. know, maybe just one sprint instead of 10 this week. Um, 
you know, keep trainers close by. Titans, Titans have to be monitoring this man in pregame now. That's that's now their biggest liability is pregame warmups for the, for the medical staff. So hopefully they get that right. The Titans are much better with Lawan on the field than off. Everyone knows that. Let's hope that he gets out there this weekend and Derrick Henry runs for 180 again. Yeah, let's not make a quitty pay, okay? The next Chandler Jones, okay? Oh, no. And if you're like, who's quitty pay? That Well, let's leave it that way, okay? Let's leave Quitty it pay way. may be the best name for a person who is on paid leave from work, right? Yeah. Quitty pay. Quitty pay? He's, he's yeah. quit, but he's still getting paid. Oh, yeah, quitty pay. Yeah. Great name for a worker on paid leave. I would love to quitty and get paid like i yeah. would love to be a quitty pay quitty pay quitty pay look at first of all i'm just looking at their depth chart right now on their uh left defensive end you got quitty pay as the starter back up to him is kamoko Ture, and the third string is ben benogu okay that is a freaking that is a the monsters of the midway when it comes to names <laughs> An announcer's nightmare. Yeah, they just hope yeah. the Colts don't get any sacks. Yeah, hey, Keith, hey, look, our thoughts and prayers go out to Mike Keith this weekend uh, <laughs> for having to pronounce those names. Hopefully, uh, you don't have to. Hopefully, they, their names aren't called. That that's be right. Ideal. They also have a left cornerback named Rock Yasin. Yeah, he's a beast too. He's a good. He's Rock, a good player. Rock Yasin. Oh, Rock Yasin. Clearly, that guy doesn't go to church on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah, definitely with sin in the name. You're right. Rock, rock your sin. Like he's, he's look, he's not going to rock in anything. He's rocking your sin, dude. Yeah. Rock your sin. Yeah, that guy's way. It's because he plays. Uh, look, this is where we do it. This is what we like. This, this is happening. It this is the point. So this quickly. is the point. Look, you should have subscribed to the podcast by now. <laughs> you should have subscribed because you could have gotten it done in that like 30 seconds of us trying to come up with jokes and failing miserably. <laughs> My gosh, that was awful. Squiddy uh, pay. Almost as awful as uh, Carson Wentz's ankles. All right. uh, That's going to do it for us. Uh, Jack, until next week, tighten Tighten up. up. They used to be the Oilers a long, long time ago when they played in the Houston Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to starting six and oh since they moved to Tennessee to call it home. They had a Music City miracle to conquer Buffalo. Then they came within a yard of winning in the Super Bowl. They've had the same head coach leading all the way. That's one of many reasons that I'm loving how they play. They're the Tennessee Titans, they're the Tennessee Titans, they'll keep